0: You know me, it's your friendly neighborhood, Jay Bird, and it's Saturday afternoon. You know what that means? It's time for some Freedom Talk, and I'm here with a lovely, uh, my favorite, Natalie. Hello.
1: That's right. I'm Natalie. This is Jay Bird. We are your Liberty lovers, and we unite here every Saturday in the Kiva, 1600 AM, abq.fm, rockatalk.com, as well as 1490 KRSN and 107.1 FM up in Santa Fe, Española, Los Almos, and Taos. Don't forget, everybody, you can watch us, too. You don't just have to listen to our voices. You can see our pretty faces. We're on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, rockatalk.tv, And of course, there's the app for that. Get on the Rock of Talk app for Android and iPhone, and you can get it all in one app. So simple. Remember to subscribe to the chat. That is the rockoftalk.chat. That way you can get all the reruns, all the annotated notes, all of the links to the basically all of our source information so that you can see what we're saying. You can double check us, you don't have to just take our word for it. But yes, Happy New Year, everybody! It's 2022, we left 2021. In the dust? Well, yes. most
2: states did. Yeah, oh, okay, states, most uh, states. I don't know about we, New Mexico.
1: Per, I identify as someone from a free state. Let me just tell you, we got a lot to talk about on that as well. Because uh, yeah, we, we had we had a good holiday, huh, sweetie? We yeah. had. Um, yep. We were traveling through some free state cities and counties. We it was go amazing. The, we
0: got to go to the Ozarks, baby. That was <laughs> oh, that was so it's so beautiful over there.
1: Yes, it is. And, and more importantly, we saw faces. Oh man, did we see people's faces? No masks. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really
0: weird um, going into places. You know, filling up gas tanks, going into the gas stations, going to grocery stores. Actually seeing people's faces, you know, it's crazy because I'd almost forgotten that other human beings have mouths too.
1: Yeah, this is true. You just don't
0: see them here anymore.
1: <laughs> now most of
0: them, most of them uh, sometimes I think they should be kept shut, but you know, it's, <laughs> I love free speech. So say what you got to say, um but say it where I can hear it, so uncover it because exactly. when you when you've got a thing on, it's just like but- don't you. Know, I can't understand I tell, I tell
1: you what's telling is even in the state of Illinois, which is supposedly a very blue state, uh, really it's just Chicago and the universities. Um, outside of Chicago city proper, like we're talking these suburbs that come right up to Chicago. Let me tell you, everybody, only about 50% of people are wearing their masks. In Illinois, outside and around Chicago. I mean, heck, we've got relatives who won't even drive through Chicago.
0: <laughs> well, you can't blame anybody for not wanting to go to Chicago. Um, you know, the murder rate's out of control. Uh, the good cops have quit uh, yeah, because according- they don't want to get stabbed. Um, and I don't mean by criminals. They don't want to get stabbed by their superiors with this jab thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And and according to a a cop we know who lives around there, he's like, yeah, we've kind of given up on Chicago. Mayor Lightfoot won't let us make arrests for anything. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the rest of Illinois is free. Sadly, Chicago City is not. But the rest of Illinois is just as free as can be. It was so heartening to see And oh my gosh, Indiana, Missouri, Oklahoma, my gosh, all those places free, just they're living, they're getting on with life, they're getting on with commerce, getting on with school, come on. And here we are in, we come back to New Mexico and, you know, right away, first rest stop we make in New Mexico, like everyone's wearing masks. Oh my gosh. Now the rural areas in New Mexico, I will say less people, you know, every now and again, I see a couple people here with free faces. Love that. But what is it about this state that we believe what is fed to us when our politicians say, oh, you have to do X, Y, Z, because I say so. And we're like, okay, we just go along with it. Just go along with it.
0: Well, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, you and I both run into this, but what I think it is, is there's just so many people here. Um, tradition is a wonderful thing if if it's a good tradition. Yes. And we have, unfortunately, some terrible traditions in the state. And one of them, yeah, I think do. the worst one here is, well, my family's always voted Democrat, so I just vote Democrat. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And it makes me sick when I hear that, because what that tells me is the person that I'm talking to is either too lazy or not smart enough to do the homework for themselves, to think (laughs) for themselves, and to research the candidates that they're voting for. So these people are to blame for this, the, the terrible conditions that we have here. This is a beautiful state. I love the states. It's one of the 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 best states I've ever lived in. But we have yeah, too, too many people, people who, who are, are just it. absolutely brain dead. And this was even before they started wearing the mask. They didn't have many brain cells left. And I, I think many people have just lost a few that they had. And so they just continue this whole, well, yeah, my, my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, they all voted Democrat, so I'm just gonna keep voting Democrat. Now, yeah. you know, it it, it it occurs to me that, you know, years and this this is hundreds of years ago, but you know, if somebody had epilepsy they just used to drill a hole in somebody's head. Well, they just always used to do that. Well, what happened? How did that change? Well, somebody finally stood up and said, you know what? This is bad to do it. Let's stop. Yeah,
1: lobotomies, um, may- maybe not so much. May- maybe not do them so many times. So many people. Right. Yeah.
0: Somebody had to stand up and say, you know what? Let's stop this isn't good yeah. it's now, not working
1: that was a good example of actual scientific progress oh the lobotomy's working let's see let's examine let's study no they're not okay let's stop
2: yeah
1: now i'm wondering how long it's going to take us to stop the widespread mrna experiment on everybody especially considering that it's really getting out of hand. Um, I don't know if anyone's taken a look at what's coming out of Israel, but one of the one of the doctors that I love to follow on Telegram, Dr. Lynn Finn, she's wonderful. She she loves putting up you know real statistics, real medical uh, proof of what's going on. And the latest graph that she put up from Israel where the new cases by vaccine status, it was an index uh, 100 per week. And it started at, let's see here, week 50 as of 2021. This is about when the boosters started to really become a thing. So yeah, week 50, yeah, they're all kind of about the same. And they go by three categories, no vax, two vaxes, or three vaxes or plus, meaning you've gotten boosters. And Within one week, the the vaxxed people, the vaxxed patients who came down with coronavirus, increased above the non-vaxxed patients with coronavirus by more than fifty percent. And then by the second week after that week, by week fifty-two, it was noted it was by more than 50%, so much so that, let's see, they had 311 cases in that week that were not vaccinated. 716 cases, new cases that were double vaxxed. Oh, but it gets better. 965 new cases that were triple vaxxed or more. Okay, so at what point do we take a look at statistics and go, oh, hey, there is a 300% difference or more, actually, between people who, you know, new cases that are completely unvaccinated and those who are not just fully vaccinated, but boosted. At what point do you take a look at that information and go, oh, okay, Houston, we got a big problem?
0: Well, I think you start, by, you start by taking off the mask and then you start reading, I think.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, gonna... you keep whatever brain cells you have, people. And by the way, I, we love proving this all the time in our daily lives. Nothing bad happens to you if you don't wear a mask. Seriously. I was very heartened the other day. I went into a store and it was at night and I saw three other people besides myself without a mask. I was so thrilled. It was awesome. And, and they did not care. Nobody bothered us. Nobody bothered them. And frankly, think about where the economy is at. Can businesses afford to bother people who are retaining the rights to hold their own, uh, not just opinion, but hold their own decisions over their own body sacred, to, to be sovereign in their own body? Can businesses these days really afford to fight on that? hill and die on that hill no they cannot because businesses everywhere are suffering
0: well part of part of the problem is is is, uh a lot of businesses now there's not a whole lot of um um no i just lost the the financial term for it but there's not a lot of of extra
1: overhead well extraneous
0: because inflation is is starting is is creeping up there Mm -hmm. So our dollars are worth less, which means that it, the the money that that these that businesses pull in, well, that's the same money. So it's worth less.
1: Yeah,
0: it's not quite to the point where it's worth less. Yeah, inflation is, stake, going, inflation we'll is
1: taking its toll.
0: But but yeah, the businesses they don't have the income, they don't have the capital now to spend on things that that, um, that they really shouldn't have to spend money on. I mean. There's a certain expectation here that as, as a business owner, um, um, as long as, as long you're, not you're not violating, violating any laws, um, any laws um, the government governments just leave you leave alone and let like you do your thing.
2: thing. Exactly. So the market, market
0: will correct any problems. You know, you know, if you're, you're, if you're, if you're selling, selling something terrible, the market will take care of it. Mm-hmm. People will find out where it will get, get around, especially now in, in this age of um, social media. So there's a certain expectation that's been erased now. And that expectation is that uh, me as a business owner, um, as long as I'm not breaking any laws, the government's going to butt out of my business and just let me do my thing. And we've lost that. We've lost our way in that. And it's really interesting. I mean, um, when we look at... They
1: can't trust us enough. They can't... Government doesn't like to trust a free market, people. No... No government that started to go or has gone fully authoritarian can ever, ever allow a free market. Never has happened. They have to have some measure of control because they do not trust the people to exert that amount of power. Think about it. A free market, everyone has the same buying power. Everyone has the ability to decide this product over that product, this car dealership instead of that car dealership. And when you have enough people essentially voting every day, they, they don't call a vote with your dollars for nothing. You're voting every single day with where you choose to shop and where you choose to get both your necessities, essentials, and luxuries as well. And government if they do not exert some type of control and insert themselves into that process somehow, some way, sometimes they do it at the manufacturing level, sometimes it's at the retail level, oh, in this state we have a big thing with grocery receipts tax, yeah, uh, then they feel like they don't have enough power. And that's why our free market is drying up, that's why our capitalism is going by the wayside but I think we still have enough of it that we can still and, and actually it's been proven we can still vote for our dollars. I mean look at uh what was it rumble.com the the basically conservative alternative to YouTube they went publicly traded just before the holidays and they're they're going like gangbusters. In fact they are starting to get a lot more big conservative uh, uh, components and contributors that used to be on YouTube and have now decided to move over or they got kicked off of YouTube that are moving over and they're, they're doing really well. And oh man, Alphabet Soup Company is not happy about that. I know there've been a few smear articles about them, but there's there's a great example. People are deciding, yeah, I'll invest in Rumble. Yeah, I'll uh, go ahead and put my content on there, or you know what, I'll just go to Rumble to look up whoever it is I wanna watch, instead of YouTube. And it's happening more and more. So we we still, to some extent, have a free market, but I tell you, we are having to fight for it, inch by inch. And it's not coming easy, it is not gonna be handed to us, on a silver platter we have got to fight for it every day and retain our right to spend our money where we want to travel and go where we want to i, mean, I can't tell you traveling across state lines is amazing
0: well yeah and that's that that kind of uh, reminds me of, of part of the trip there um a little town on the illinois border along the mississippi chester illinois Mm-hmm. um gasoline there was three dollars ninety three like 394 something like that it
1: was yeah it was it was pretty ridiculous
0: five minutes across the bridge covering the Mississippi River on the Missouri side it was uh 40 to 60 cents cheaper
1: yeah it, and, it, and that
0: comes that comes as a result of high taxation in in Illinois in
1: Illinois yep so what did we do? Yeah, we eked out our gas mileage and we decided to go make the pit stop in Missouri instead of Illinois. Because, yep. you know, that your money, budgeting, etc. There you go. Free market at work. Oh, I think I forgot to do the flu deaths update, didn't I? Yep. I better do that. Okay, so it's a new year, right, everybody? And we're almost to the exact one year mark for the POTUS, the, the well, puppet-in-chief, I should say. We have so far had... See, first off, welcome to day 361 of America under siege. Oh my gosh, yeah, it has almost been a year. And 439,512 woo-flu deaths on Biden's watch. But do we hear that in the media? No, we don't. Do they blame him for all those deaths? No, they don't. Uh but I, I tell you what, I do blame him and his administration for the 21,382 vax deaths reported via the VAERS database so far, and we know that that's just the tip of the iceberg. No one knows for sure how many it really is, but doctors are getting concerned because myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clotting issues. Um, What's interesting is almost everyone we know knows someone or is related to someone who has experienced a vaccine injury up to and including death. We know many people that we come across weekly in our lives who are in the middle of vaccine injury themselves, literally right now. And it's astounding that this has been allowed to progress as far as it has in spite of all of the warning signs. And there, there was an interesting, um, interesting point made by some doctors about past vaccine standards. And I'm not sure if anyone know, <clears throat> remembers this. Remember they, back in H1N1, I believe, they, they tried to come up with a vaccine for sw- swine flu, H1N1. And it got pulled after, I believe, it was more than 25 cases of death, vaccine-related death. And it got pulled, even though only a few million people had had the shot. They, they completely ended it. Well, regardless of causation, it has always been the rule that if there are five cases of death, five related to a drug or vaccine, that drug or vaccine gets a black box warning from the FDA and the CDC. I mean, you guys are put on notice. It doesn't matter. That that's less than 0.0001% of the people that were vaccinated. You've had five deaths, you get a black box warning. And then once you reach 50 cases, always it's resulted in immediate removal from public use. 50 cases. That's it. And they remove it from public use because the the modus operandi in the past with new drugs and vaccines has always been it cannot be, you know, the, the cure cannot be worse than the condition. So if it in any way, shape or form looks like it's going to cause a certain amount of death, and it is a very high standard, very it'll be less than 0.001 percent. Again, we have how many million people? So over 360 million people in this country doesn't matter if 5 million people get vaccinated or try out a new drug and only 50 of them die, that has never in the past been acceptable. Never by both the FDA and the CDC. And according to Dr. Lynn Finn, this is the most egregious violation of ethics in the history of medicine. So yeah, Uh, I think 21,382 reported vax deaths connected to the COVID vaccines. I think that's substantially more than 50 cases. And why aren't the FDA and CDC immediately removing these jabs from public use? Hmm. Well, the first reason that comes to mind, as always, is uh, money. Lots and lots of people. Have you noticed that... So in, if anyone still watches CNN, MSNBC, etc., if you look down in one of the corners where they, they, they frequently put up their advertisers or sponsors' names and, and their logos, Pfizer has been making a lot of appearances on mainstream corporate media on their broadcasts. Huh, is Pfizer buying? Good press? Oh gee, but no, pharma wouldn't do that, right? Big Pharma looks after us, right? Well, you know, according to a lot of my liberal and Democrat friends and even far leftist friends, through the decades, decades, mind you, they've had a beef with Big Pharma, which I've never disagreed with. Big Pharma's too big. Oh, apparently Big Pharma is big enough to buy our government? Yeah, to buy and, our media?
0: And, and, and I, I remember in, in one of my previous jobs, one of the problems that we had was uh, we had a lot of, of people who were addicted to um, narcotic medication. And what had happened is doctors were prescribing them and uh, the pharmaceuticals were pushing them. And, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, this was maybe five years ago. Or, or maybe even a little less than that, there was a whole lot of talk of going after, and, and there were some lawsuits, actually. Purdue Pharma was one that got nailed. There, were, there was a lot of talk of lawsuits going after these big pharma companies because they were, they were predators, they were really pushing their medications that got people addicted and ended up with horrific um, problems as a result of those addictions. And then suddenly, in 2020, those same big, bad, evil wolves now were suddenly our saviors. Mm-hmm. They were going to save the world and they were heroes now.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, didn't Bernie Sanders used to rail against Big Pharma?
0: Oh, I. I uh, most likely, I mean Bernie's a blowhard. Well, he,
1: well Bernie was always against the big corporations, the big business but Oh yeah, they yeah, they need to pay their fair share. Hey, has he uh, has he demanded that Pfizer pays its fair share? Anytime recently?
0: Probably
1: not. Yeah, I don't think so. Now Bernie Sanders hadn't said squat about the pharmacy industry well, recently. Now, now
0: think about this, though. I mean the, the the area of the country that Bernie Sanders comes from um that's the northeast mm. and what what industry do we have a large concentration of in the northeast particularly connecticut um i think a lot of them actually base out of connecticut insurance Pharmaceuticals and no, insurance, oh, insurance yeah. is
1: based there oh that's right that's where they do a lot of uh their underwriting yeah. based on
0: so in so in that part of the country i don't expect Bernie Sanders or any of his friends, anybody like that guy, I don't expect any of them to stand up and go up against um, the insurance companies or big pharma um, because there's a lot of uh, tax dollars that, well, not tax dollars, uh, but the, they're getting they're getting rewarded by these companies. Yes. Um, <clears throat> uh, they don't get the tax dollars from the companies, but when the companies employ thousands of people, those thousands of people pay income taxes in those in those states, and then. That goes yeah. back to the, the government and then it helps Bernie Sanders buy lots of houses, which
1: <laughs> apparently
0: is okay for him, but not for me.
1: Yeah, apparently. Hmm. Gosh, it'd be nice to have three or four houses, huh? Yeah.
0: No, I'm happy with just one.
1: Yeah, as long as we can have just one. Why can't Bernie be happy with just one then?
0: Because he's a greedy <laughs> He's he, he's 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 in the same vein as Al Gore hypocritical sleazeball
1: oh yeah so he'll fly to an a global economic forum on a private jet huh yeah and then rail against you know oh you know fuel and this and and carbon footprint and we we need to change over to green energy uh yeah you, you just flew over on a private jet Hmm. Nothing against people flying on private jets, by the way. If you can afford it, do it. If you can own a private jet, do you know how many jobs that pays for? Buying a private jet, commissioning a private jet? How many people it takes to fabricate and manufacture that? Do it! Fine! I'm all for commerce. But uh, don't you dare preach to us lowly peasants that we need to suffer brownouts blackouts, increases in our daily utility bills, because oh, we're the ones polluting the planet. Don't you don't you dare lecture us on that. Especially if you know you got several houses that you don't really need and a private jet. Hmm. Yeah. No, the the hypocrisy is well, real, folks. Now now
0: I'm gonna play um you know the uh
1: devil's evil man's
0: advocate here oh there we go i mean look uh, you know bernie sanders you know his ego's pretty big so he does need several buildings to keep it in and and i think the same with al Gore. he's got a huge ego and both of, it's, it's not deserved in either case of course but you know they got those huge egos gotta gotta keep those somewhere so maybe they do need <laughs> six or 12 or 10 houses or something you know i i don't know but you know what do you do when you're that egotistical
1: Yeah. And when you want more power, which a lot of them do and a lot of them still do. And we've talked about that before, how unfortunately people who love power, like to use power, are attracted to positions where they can obtain and use and eventually consolidate power. And we've talked about that all through our Constitution class as well. It's been very interesting working our way through the Constitution and seeing the progression where, you know, the first original 10 amendments, what our founding fathers first envisioned with the original Articles, and then with further amendments to the Constitution, how it's become tainted. And not that good things weren't accomplished. For example, the amendment that we're gonna look at today, it was a good one, but it also comes with a, a, a little, um, a little caveat on the side. So the 19th Amendment, pretty short, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. You know, this was the start of uh, women's voting rights. But then there was, of course, this second clause Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So if anyone knows the history of civil rights in our country, um, women were given the right to vote back in 1920. It's actually pretty recent. But then the Civil Rights Act didn't come along until 1964, and the Civil Rights Act really was a product of that last clause there. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. And if you all have listened to us before, you know how how I feel about that that clause there. Anytime it says Congress or any form of government shall have power, that kind of makes me a little twitchy. Congress shall have power. Really? Really? Shall they? Hmm. And, of course, it's pretty open-ended. Whatever they decide is appropriate legislation is appropriate legislation. who tells them yay or nay. Well, supposedly it's supposed to work out. So, you know, they argue over things, they debate, they change, etc. Then they debate some more, they take votes, it passes or it doesn't, then it, you know, gets signed off on by the president. So it did take about 34 years before the Civil Rights Act of 1964 finally got agreed upon and passed and became law of the land. It took them about 34, 34 years to agree upon that. And then we had subsequent uh, iterations and amendments to the Civil Rights Act as well. But it was a pretty long campaign to get women the right to vote. And, of course, during that time as well, uh, I believe a little earlier, though, in the 1800s, women were also... The, Uh, promoting the suffrage uh, movement in Great Britain. And I think Great Britain, if I remember correctly, was a little bit ahead of us in giving the vote to women, just a little bit. But yeah, agitation on behalf of women's suffrage was actually recorded as early as the Jackson administration. In fact, it's suspected from some of the writings of the forefathers that some of them actually intended for men, women, other races you know all races to have an equal vote and say in this country from the very beginning now depending on your political leanings and biases some historians say oh well, they suppressed people from the very beginning others take a look at it and say well it's kind of like with the whole slavery thing some of our founding fathers had a real hard time with slavery and some of them were actually outright against it a few didn't even own slaves but they also realized Baby steps, we're trying to start a country here. We can't get the whole shebang in one fell swoop. They had to go for as much as they could get at the time and structure it so that our government and our country and the processes by which we govern ourselves would always be open to promoting more freedom and would err on the side of freedom. So, yes, even though we didn't, quote, abolish slavery at the very beginning of our tenure as a country, our country was open to it. Our country was structured so that we could keep fighting that fight and eventually get that. And eventually we did. Slavery was abolished, as, as we covered in a previous amendment. And now here, 1920, here we go. The 19th Amendment, and now women have the right to vote. So it's a slow, it was a slow process. There's lots of debate over whether it could have been sped up, whether some people were misogynist and blocking it. And I'm sure that some were. There's always going to be, you know, some people who don't want certain changes and some people who do always. But as, um, as we told some friends over the holidays, you know, government is not supposed to be efficient. It's, I'm sorry, it's not. People complain about government all the time. Can you imagine how terrifying our government would be if it could efficiently get things done all the time? Think about it. Some people say, oh, why can't you know the government move faster in this? I'm like, ah, do you really want them to? You want government to move fast when they do things that you agree with but what about when they're doing things that you don't agree with? Like raising taxes? If the government were efficient at getting things done, my goodness, can you imagine what the tax rate would be? Can you imagine how, oh my gosh, how many more more of our freedoms and rights supposedly protected by the Constitution would they have subsumed? by now, if they were an efficient body that all work in concert together. And here's the thing, whether, whether they're doing something you like or they don't like, the whole point is at some point, the government is going to do something you don't like. And it is impossible to say, well, okay, work efficiently, but only when I want you to. There's 360 million people. Yeah. People in this country are not going to please everybody so the trade-off was well let's make a governmental system let's set it up so that they fight each other essentially they argue a lot congress is the only one who can make laws yeah the president has to sign them president is the only one who can make and execute you know executive decisions execute the law and therefore law enforcement's a branch of the executive branch And the judicial department is the only one that can adjudicate, meaning they can take people who have disagreements and based on the law, interpret the law. So it's within each branch's best interest to hold on to the power, the unique power that each branch has. And I think partly what we're seeing here in New Mexico in the case of our governor and the lawsuits that she is facing and the extreme criticism that she's facing, even by le- the legislative body, uh, one branch of authority never appreciates when its authority gets, hmm, let, 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 let's say, copied. When in reality, if it's a unique authority, there's no such thing as copying. It, it gets uh, usurped. And our governor has been usurping the power of the legislative branch in this state for over a year. She can't control the budget. She can make recommendations and say, I will or won't sign off on this. But she has no right to say, oh, yeah, that money we got from the federal government, here's how we're going to use it. She has no right to make that determination, only the legislature does. So she overstepped her bounds and she stepped on their toes big time. And now the legislative branch is not too happy. And it almost doesn't matter that our legislature is mostly Democrat. Their power is being threatened. They don't like that. We have have a unique... We are, we are at a unique point in our history where we are watching our government fall into sort of the trap that our founding fathers envisioned might have to happen someday, which is that no matter how corrupt each branch of the government becomes, they were set up to work against each other, not with each other. And that's the thing that most people don't get. The legislature is not supposed to work with the judicial system. And by the way, Congress, oh, they've been stepping on the toes of uh, the Supreme Court by, uh, you know, calling all these congressional hearings and acting like they're a court of law, when in reality, they're not. And the only thing they can subpoena people for is for the purpose of getting information to pass more laws. That's it. So they're stepping on the toes of the Supreme Court. Uh, Executive branch, yeah, Puppet Biden, has been stepping on the toes of the courts as well. And now they're they're all kind of tiptoeing around each other because no one wants to be the bad guy and everyone wants to kick the can down the road. But again, they're not quite cooperating. And it's because they were designed not to cooperate. That's why they were given unique powers so that hopefully no matter how bad it gets, no matter how corrupt they are, even corrupt authority wants to keep its authority and will defend its authority from other corrupt authorities to prevent it from being usurped. And I believe that to a large extent, that is what we are seeing now. Now, does that mean that there aren't some very specifically placed bad actors in high positions in all three branches of the government that are trying to somewhat work together No, I still believe some of that's going on as well. However, the system has gotten so huge and so bloated and so top-heavy that even they are having a hard time working in concert together, manipulating things. And again, I believe that's why our government was set up the way it was.
0: Well, there's the reason that it was called a system of checks and balances. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the three branches are supposed to keep each other in check. And they're supposed to be balance. So if you have an efficient government, that means you have departments that are working well together. And that means there's not a lot of balance. Um, so it, the design is to, to, be slow, to slow the government down because, you know, it, we can go back in history and history is littered with um,
1: Great example. Call them
0: well-oiled governments,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they were well-oiled because they and they all have one very important detail in mind. They were very centralized, mm-hmm. meaning there was one person or one group that had the control. That's not balance, folks.
1: That's that's, a, the that's tyranny.
0: Of balance. That's tyranny.
1: And not once, ter- not once throughout all history uh can you show an example where a well-run centralized government didn't end up being tyrannical again if if it's easy to attain power over most other people there there's a group out there of people who always are attracted to it that's what we have here in new mexico it's what we have in this country um, fortunately, we are not like Australia. Uh, I find it rather amazing that Australia has fallen so far. There was this video I was looking at on Telegram. Um, this girl was in a quarantine camp, looked like a possibly a motel, and she was all excited because she got a blue wristband. Oh no, wait, I'm sorry, it wasn't Australia, it was New Zealand, yeah, Kiwis new zealand i got a r- blue wristband that means i get to go outside for 50 minutes a day if that's not tyranny i don't know what is
0: you know don't don't we have murderers here in this country who get more time out um in in the open air oh, well, obviously yeah. they're they're within the confines of the prison um, but don't well, think she, that, that. that girl
1: sure is too. I mean, in New Zealand, outside for 50 minutes a day, but it's still restricted and they're going to bring you back inside into your little quarantine room. That's a prison. That is called a prison camp. Doesn't matter how comfortable or cushy the prison walls are. If you are deprived of your freedom to choose where you come and go and when you come and go, you are in prison. And how much longer before we have that here? I, New York has been talking about it for a while now.
0: Well, yeah, I've got a little piece on New York that we're gonna talk about here in a bit, which mm-hmm. surprised me. I just found it this morning. But, uh, um, you, you know, there's a point that I wanna make here too, with, with this kind of extreme lockdown, um, a government that would do that is frankly, a bunch of buffoons. And, and the reason that they're they're idiots is because if you lock down your country, then you end up with people who rely on you to take care of them. And if you're going to take care of your citizens, well, how do you do that? Well, as a government, you don't have a product. You are the product, and you've forgotten yeah. that most governments have forgotten that. But you don't have a product, so you don't have anything to sell. Your citizens, your citizens are. are Yeah, we're the ones who produce. The citizens are the producers. They're the ones that pay the government through taxation. Now, if you shut down your country and you lock people away, they can't, they're, they're, they, let's just say, maybe they can do some work. Maybe they can do something from, from their prison cell. But what happens when you have to export goods and other countries are locking people down? Okay. Now you've got let's say you're in New Zealand and, and they, don't, they don't really manufacture a lot of cars that I'm aware of. but let's say you manfa- manufacture a car and your biggest your, your, the biggest country of export for you that, that imports your goods is Australia. Now Australia's locked down, which means those people are not going to go out and buy cars. Why? Because they can't. And why would they? They're locked up. The government's got them locked up. The government's going to take care of them. They don't need a car. They're not going to go buy a car. They can't even buy a car. So now, in the long term, you've just, you've just completely shot yourself in the foot. You've ruined your economy as a country by locking it down to such an extreme. Because what, what are you going to do when it comes time to collect taxes?
1: And there's nothing to tax. Precisely. That's And this is what, unfortunately, a a lot of leftists don't understand about the free market and taxes. Uh, And they forget that under Trump, remember when he finally got a bill passed that included some tax cuts, what was the prediction on the left? Oh, yeah. Oh, the government's going to suffer. The country's going to suffer because you're reducing revenue. Well, they forgot their history. When Reagan reduced both the corporate tax and I believe uh, quite a bit of the lower income to middle income families' taxes, we had an increase in tax revenue to the government. Why? Because people had more money to spend, more money to invest, more companies had more money to pay employees with, oh, yeah, what does that result in? Payroll taxes, income taxes. So when you reduce taxes, the economy gets a boost, gets a boom, and, oh, yeah, who else benefits along with that? The the people and the companies. Oh, the government. The government gets more The country gets more production. The country gets more business. Therefore, the government gets more to tax. Same thing happened under Trump. As soon as taxes went down, we got a boom in the economy which by the way they downplayed oh yeah they downplayed it and government revenue taxation revenue went up um guess what's going down right now well you know in taxation revenue
0: i I actually had people that that said to me well um this economy under trump is it's not because of anything trump did it's because of what what obama did beforehand so and, why did it take
1: know,
0: eight years to wind it up? <laughs> well, it, it took, well, over eight years to think about yeah. it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then I, I just would politely ask him, well, okay, it, please explain to me how the very man himself who says we're never going to see above, what was it, 2% GDP? Uh-huh. How exactly does that man turn the country around? That's a man that's given up on his own country. That's a man who has no faith in his own country. Yeah. That's not a man who, 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 improves mm-hmm. the economy and makes things great again for americans
1: oh but that's, as soon as he's of, defeated as soon as he's out of office yeah okay then we have an economic boom not only that but it was pointed out to me too by someone who's watched the trends in the stock market and you know for years because you know they pay attention and they buy not not that they're a stockbroker themselves but they said, you know, by my calculations, we were supposed to have a downturn in the stock market back in 2018. Uh, it, it's happened, or, you know, around this time. There's a, there's a cycle of years where we have kind of a dip and a downturn, especially with the first term of a new president. Happened with Obama. Apparently, it also happened with Bush, also happened with previous presidents. And we didn't. We did not have, if anyone remembers, the stock market didn't plunge to the depths as the media predicted back when Trump was inaugurated and we didn't have an economic downturn. We didn't have a stock market uh, dip. And and this wasn't the first person I've heard this from either. Like, yeah, we were supposed to have a, a dip under Trump and it never came. And then almost immediately as soon as president Biden, puppet Biden's in office, yeah, we've, we've had lots of dips in the stock market. And then inflation's going up. Now there's questions about whether bonds are even going to increase in value. All of this is to say that if you follow certain physics, you now there are certain laws to everything, just like you know gravity. Okay, so no one's going to step off of a building and be the one person, the first person in history to break the laws of gravity yeah if you think you're going to do that okay good luck to you don't recommend it we'll have an ambulance waiting for you at the bottom but the same thing goes in all other areas of life and the same thing in economics and the same thing in government there are certain truths and there are certain consistencies and every single time a company has tried to uh, or well not just companies but countries have tried to violate them they fail and they fall look at venezuela Look at Cuba, who's still struggling, even though the United States have been propping them up. We've been propping them up for quite a while now.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at something here on the, the World Economic Forum. Back in 2015, they did a report on most efficient and least efficient governments. And and as far back as 2015, the number one least efficient government in the world was, of course, Venezuela.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, with uh, Italy second, Argentina third. So this is not new. It's been happening. It's happened again and again. For years and years, this is happening. And
1: Germany's, um, back in World War II, Germany's economy also suffered with the rise of the Nazi regime. And the only reason that they could stay afloat is they were, quote, conquering other countries around them so fast initially and taking their resources and their products, their money, etc., And Hitler had already started doing that, of course, with the Jews and then other, you know, political uh, taboo personalities that didn't agree with the Nazi regime. And that's the only reason they were able to keep afloat so long.
0: Yeah, but they were, they were, that, I, of course, Hitler was an evil man and I have no doubt that that he's in hell.
1: Yeah, but he tanked his country.
0: Well, they were efficient for quite some time. I mean, they were very well oiled. They came up with... Um, there was quite a few innovations, technologically, that they had come forward with that, frankly, were ahead of their time. And had it not been a time of war, um, I, I think that the innovations, if they had, they would have happened. They they would have actually succeeded in quite a few of these. Again, if it hadn't been a time of war, and and if if um, Hitler had not been trying to um, uh, take, take over, over the, the world. world, but that was a well-oiled government for 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 a few years yeah. at the very least.
1: But it only lasts, a short, it only lasts it, a short yeah, time. It only lasts a short time.
0: Yeah, it only lasts a short time because mm-hmm. again, you end up with greed. It really, it really steps in greed. Um, there, there's all kinds of psychological factors that start to play in. Um, but what what we keep running into here is the parallels there um, with an efficient government and fear when fear becomes one of their tools
2: mm-hmm. we
0: suffer and it's not like it's not like a, it's, a, it's not like well you know went to the grocery store and there's no cream cheese today it's not that kind of suffering it's much much more dire than that and it and it continues in that on that path until we, as the citizens, stand up and say, this is this is our country, and, and you work for us. We are not yours. You belong to us. The yeah. government belongs to us, not the other way around.
1: And as soon as we surrender the, the right to the sovereignty over our own bodies, well, it's happened before. We become slaves. And now the government gets to exercise all the decision making over our own bodies and for for all of our listening audience out there you, I mean you guys are you guys are great you guys are smart you guys have been seeing this stuff since the beginning and lo- and some of us have been saying since the very beginning uh careful with the mask mandates because that's going to turn into vax mandates Remember how many people laughed at us then? Remember how people in the media were like, "Oh yeah, they're they're just fear mongers. They're just fear mongers. That's never going to happen." Oh, less than a year later, now what's happening? Now, at some point, when you're being called a, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, theorist our our listener, listener, Conspiracy, conspiracy Charles Charles appreciate Charles this. <laughs> when all your conspiracy theories are coming true, well, they're no longer theories. They're just facts. They're predictions. Hmm, maybe they're prophecies. Yeah, uh, you think people might listen now that mask mandates, oh, when, when masks first came about, oh, they're never gonna mandate them, less than a month later, boom, mandated. Vaccines, oh, we don't need to mandate them. Biden even said that when he was campaigning. In fact, I believe the way he put it was, well, I don't, I don't see any reason why a vaccine mandate should be necessary which gave me kind of the willies because of the way he phrased that, that he didn't see at the time any reason why a mandate for vaccines should be necessary because the vaccines are great and the American people know that to be safe, they need to get one. But he didn't say he wouldn't mandate vaccines. And then, of course, we all know what he did. Yeah, he's done it. Still trying to do it. Uh, and Supreme Court, of course, is tiptoeing around telling him that he doesn't have the authority. And, in fact, that's a great segue to that one. Yeah, Supreme Court decisions, hmm, they've been very disappointing as of late. I was rather disappointed when they didn't tell him to, you know, go stuff it and uh, stick it where the sun don't shine. You don't have the authority to executively order mandates when it comes in you know in regards to people's health and medical procedures no instead they chose to kind of circumvent that and just say well we don't believe that osha is the the department that has authority to uphold that mandate yeah so that's the tack that they're going to take they're going to kick the can down the road basically what they're going to say is. Okay, so OSHA was a part of his executive order. He ordered them to uphold the mandate. Yeah, they, they weren't the right department to do that, Mr. President. So they, they just don't have the author, the federal authority to do so. Kick it back to Biden. Biden's like, okay, we'll have someone else do it. Who the heck knows? EPA? Uh, military?
0: Huh? Yeah, that's the frightening aspect here. If, if it's not going to be OSHA, and I guess um, I'm against this, but if it's not OSHA, who's it going to be?
1: Exactly. And, uh, oh, yeah, now one good thing did come out of it is, um, well, Justice Thomas, of course, has started questioning whether vaccines work. He, in fact, one of his quotes is like, you put quite a bit of weight on the acute crisis that we are in. Would your argument also be the same for any infectious disease that is taken into the workplace, like the flu? You yeah, know, maybe, uh, let's see, what MRSA, what, what's worse than this, H1N1, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is an infectious disease. used to, used to be a big problem with that over 100 years ago. So, so I'm, I'm glad, glad that he, he, that he yeah. asked that question because we are, we are giving this one, one virus so much weight, so much credibility that oh yeah the vaccines they're the end-all be-all gotta have them gotta have them gotta mandate them so that we can survive as a country but at the same time yeah as you put it don't you find it curious that no other infectious diseases are being have ever in our history been treated this way closest was the spanish flu oh yeah and by the way can't speaking of the spanish flu of uh, you know 1918, there's loads and loads of statistical information and studies on masks and mask efficacy from over a hundred years ago that shows that, yeah, masks never helped. Masks never worked. They did not help to slow the spread. They did not help to keep people from dying. And there's been so much debate about that even before this, this whole pandemic started. So, yeah, but but of course, that all goes by the wayside because, you know, it's, well, this is new. This is novel. 18 months later, and they're still calling it a novel coronavirus. How long before it becomes old news? I know they'll just come up with another Greek name for it.
0: Well, that depends. I mean, uh, how quickly can they gerrymander and uh, change the uh, voting districts so that now they don't have to worry about keeping people home?
1: Well, pretty darn that's really, quickly, that's the apparently. I mean that that's not just going and that's just speaking of gerrymandering, that's currently going on right here in New Mexico. What when, when was it that they um I think it's in the either in the approval process or it just got approved, right? But I I know I saw a redistricting map that supposedly the committee agreed upon. And man, it 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 really makes hash of uh Well, it pulls a bunch of north counties that are connected by a few sliver counties and then pulls the southern counties into that into that district as well. Yeah. Uh, We're not the only ones doing it, though, folks. We've heard from some friends it's happening. It's already happened in Illinois. And uh, Jaybird, you're you're the one who really looked into. Yeah. How badly this is going to impact the Republican Party.
0: Well, we we have friends in, in southern Illinois. And Southern Illinois under the redistricting goes from. Uh, and, and now they're looking at the last presidential election, mm-hmm. and it goes from I think it was half a point or one full point, something. It was in favor, fair, fairly yeah. small number, but um, let, we'll just say one point. Just just to, to put it in a number, goes from one point favorable for Trump to eight points favorable for uh, Joe Bonehead.
1: And that's after after the, quote, redistricting. But does anyone really think that that's fair? Well, so
0: here's, here's my thing, and um, I'm trying to pull up some of the audio, but I'm having some difficulty here getting that. But Chuck Schumer, um, a few oh, years ago, yes. he's on record, and and, and and I'll see if I can find this so we can post this, but you guys you guys can certainly go out and find it. He's on record as saying we should, meaning the Republicans, the conservatives, the those who are not him, should just accept the outcome of the election and not try and change the rules to make it fit. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. And he even said it was going to be the doom of democracy if you redistrict. Now, here we are. We're, we're now in 2022. And uh, of course, this was back, I think it was last month, I mean, when, when they started this, or when he actually started speaking again. And, and now he, he's pushing. He's a big proponent of redistricting.
1: Well, and also Changing and things. also the big thing is the filibuster. He wants to get rid of the filibuster right now because, oh, yeah, who does the filibuster in Congress? Um, Who does it work for? It always works for the minority party. In fact, it's one of the few ways that the minority party can prevent the majority party from sweeping through with legislation and just overriding their voices. Well, back when the Democrats were the minority, he was all about the filibuster and said it'd be a doomsday for democracy if we eliminated the filibuster. Well, now, does Chucky uh, subscribe to the same sentiment now? Yeah, no, no. He wants to do away with the filibuster now that the Democrats are in the majority and the pesky Republicans uh, won't let them pass trillions and trillions more in wasteful spending. You know, but to me, I think it has more.
0: I I think it's more long term than just that bill. I think it has more to do with the fact that they know Joe Bonehead cannot get reelected. This is... He's completely inept. There's no way that this guy can legitimately get reelected, so they've got to they've got to restructure the you know redistrict and restructure the the voting map and the areas so that it, things are in favor of him, no matter what the outcome is. That's their thinking, and I mean because look at I mean. It, if you're listening, if, you're if, you, listening, if you have if you any have notion, have of notion of who, who might be a might better be a candidate, candidate for, for the next presidential election, election. I'd, love I'd love to hear, hear that, that because there's, I, I'm, I'm looking out there in the, the landscape, landscape, and I don't, I don't see, see anybody, anybody in the Democrat, Democrat Party well, um, that's promising enough to even have a bonehead Democrat vote for.
1: Yeah, t- Tulsi, Gabbard. Out there. Tulsi Gabbard was probably the best decent option that the but Democrats are, had. They have, and shut they her shut her down. Yeah, they shut Tulsi Gabbard down so bad that the only place that she can get interviews are with conservative outlets and independents. I believe, was it Joe Rogan who interviewed her? I know for sure Dave Rubin did. Yeah, and, and, and Dave Rubin, he's the one who you know, left the left years ago, I think it was 2015 or 2014. Yeah, it's so bad on, in the Democrat Party, political party right now, they're not allowing anybody to rise to power who is remotely central, much less considered Democrat conservative, which I still think is an oxymoron, but you know, some people consider some, themselves that.
0: Yeah, you can think uh, was it uh, Raoul Dahl? I uh, think so. Yeah, kind of came up with that term years and years ago. But um, yeah, um,
1: yeah. So we do. So we don't have we don't have a huge lot of what we call diversity on the Democrat side, and that's just not us saying this as as conservatives I'm from the outside looking in. That's us talking to a lot of people who were Democrats or still are Democrats that are now sw- either switching parties or just changing the way that they vote, and they're losing hope. And, and we hear from some of our listeners that you know they've just lost hope for their party, for the Democrat party. And they don't see any way of changing it from the inside out. And I've known some people who've been trying for years to change it from the inside out. But what happens instead? Oh no, if, if you try to change the Democrat party, to be more in line with the working men, with Americans, with actual freedom and constitutional freedoms. Uh, You get primaried, you get pushed out, your membership gets canceled and you get blackballed. That's what happens. So it's really interesting that the party that likes to tout diversity and tolerance are incredibly narrow-minded, non-diverse, and intolerant of anything that they consider wrong think. I mean, what? one of the gripes that, you know, what people have against the Republican parties, Ah, oh, why can't they get their stuff together? Why is there so much infighting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's some infighting on the Democrat side of the party, but man, they, okay, like good communists, I suppose you could say, they run their shit pretty tightly, Republican party, we're free to differ. We're free to differ. We're different. And we're, we disagree a lot. A lot. I will agree that what we need work on is circling the wagons and upholding any member of the party who is running for political office. And that's what we need to do. And, hey, I, I will admit right here, I have certain uh, favorite, not exactly favorites, but favorable candidates right now that are currently you know they've thrown their hat in the ring for the gubernatorial race now that doesn't mean that if my picks don't move on to challenge lujan gruesome that i'll have a hissy fit and go well then i'm not voting republican no at this point yeah anyone's better than ms gruesome up there in the roundhouse i will hold my nose if need be and i will vote straight red down the ticket and i've done so in the past absolutely doesn't mean that we're not going to work as hard as we can to get hopefully a good candidate hopefully the best candidate into office and hopefully you all will help a lot with that just like you tried to help during the mayoral candidacy as well and by the way lest anyone think that we lost everything during that race. No, we did not. Remember, we still got two conservative school board members and two conservative city councilors. And hopefully out of this, we can slow things down in Albuquerque. Hopefully we can slow the degeneration of our city enough so that the next time the municipal elections come around, we can do even more. But we got to work towards the gubernatorial elections next, folks. And also, Rio Rancho, I know Jeffrey Candelaria was talking to uh, someone about Rio Rancho earlier today. Yeah, they've got their municipal elections coming up. Um, Is it February, I think? I I know it's early this year. They've got some of their own elections coming up. And uh, to our listeners out there in Rio Rancho, please, 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 please vote red, vote conservative vote freedom-minded keep your city free you see the example that albuquerque is proving to you you know just across the river um please heed the warnings heed the warning signs and be very careful about who you put into office in your city Uh, because at this point yeah the people of rio rancho are are japan they they seem a lot freer than albuquerque right now i mean I, i know some dance instructors on that side that you know, they're, they're teaching, they're back to classes, they're, they're not so much worried about the mandates and all that. And then here we are in Albuquerque and we still have dance studios shutting down or still distancing, losing a lot of their student base and therefore a lot of their business or ability to remain open because they're adhering to, trying to adhere to these ridiculous mandates. Come on, I mean, it, what are we doing to our, our culture and our art? over all of this fear mongering. And lest anyone out there try to say, oh, well, we we have to think of the others who are at risk. Um, We live in a country where you are responsible for your own risks. You assess risk, you decide how you're gonna handle it, if something's worth the risk or if it's not worth the risk and you take care of yourself. That is always how it's been. And yeah, there are people who help take care of those around them. But we cannot say that every single man, woman, and child is responsible for covering their face because God forbid they sneeze, a butterfly loses its wings, and as a result, some other older person who they have no idea who they are dies maybe a day or two early. And yeah, I know that sounds a little bit cold hearted. Well, remember, Italy did a reassessment of all their COVID deaths from last year. And they actually determined, per the death statistics and, uh, you know, the deaths that were already forecasted to happen in their country, it wasn't over 300,000 people who died of COVID. It was only 13,000. Yeah. So remember, 505-266-1600 to call into the Kiva uh i know we've been going on here man we've got so much from the past three weeks to cover but you guys can join the conversation here too so let's go ahead and go to the phone lines caller you are on the line with jay bird and nat who do we have
3: hi this is tim how are you today
1: hey tim we are doing great sir You're what do you have really for us job. thank you sir well, thank you.
3: i heard heard that same thing i was calling about that in italy except these i read in nexus magazine they said it's only six thousand that had died
0: COVID.
1: That they lied in Italy. Yeah, because yes. if you remember, Italy oh.
0: was the country that, that came out. Um, I want to say a month and a half ago, maybe two months now, where they they revised the numbers uh, from the COVID deaths because they started looking at it and they said, "No, oh, wait a minute. This 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 is not mm-hmm. legit."
1: So they've gone. They've even cut it, uh, their revised numbers in half. So they've revised the revised numbers. Again, six thousand.
3: I, I heard that in the news just a few days ago, and then it was in Nexus magazine, and also about face mask and the Spanish flu. mm mm-hmm. According to the uh, CDC report, tens of thousands of people died
1: because of that
3: face mask. Yep. And so this is so. If it's only five percent of the of the estimate in in Italy, maybe it's only five percent here.
1: Ah, wouldn't that be interesting? So basically, instead of having over, let's see, what is it here? Let me go back to the website that I like to use for this. So I go by the Johns Hopkins website when I give you know the whole Biden update on how many deaths have happened under him. And I believe that we're almost to, I think we're almost to 800,000, if not over. Yeah, yeah, we're over eight hundred thirty-seven thousand one hundred fifty-six deaths in the United States from COVID nineteen. Oh, so that would be very interesting if it's not just ten percent of that, but five percent of that. That's then that would mean that less than five thousand people have died of COVID. If the if the, if that's a trend, if
3: that would be amazing. It came from the Italian government, and they said only 6,000 had died.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that. I'll look that up. And then, of course, yeah, we've known for a long time that, um, and CDC and FDA have always acknowledged it, that the Spanish flu mask usage was more detrimental and not actually helpful.
3: That's correct. Very
1: much. Wow. Yeah, but you know, this this is the time of extreme propaganda that we're living in right now. So it, it, what does do history think, matter?
3: Do you think what Italy's kind government said will influence our government or any others?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well they
3: tell where the governments now come out truth.
1: Well, and you notice that Italy, and I've been telling people this I'm like, look for Italy in the news cycle on corporate media. Do you find them? No.
0: Well, even if you go, like, I'm looking at Worldometer right now. Even if you look at what Worldometer is still reporting, and they're still showing 138,881 deaths in Italy. And that's out of 7,281,297 cases. So even if you do the math, you have to round up to get to 2% on mm-hmm. that, as yeah. far as the deaths go. But they, but
3: the government says only... The government says only 6,000,
0: though. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, and that's what I'm saying, though, is even if you look at the wrong numbers that are here in the media, um, even those numbers are, it's just not making a whole lot of sense that you need to shut down the world uh, because of this.
1: No, it's not. And and again, there was, um, and I have to pull up the article for this, there was, a, I believe it was a statistician who took a look at the end of 2020. He actually took a look at excess deaths and discovered there were no excess deaths at the end of 2020. Oh, but then on the death reports, there was a huge dump within a three-day period before the end of the year of over 300,000 deaths, which normally, if you look at that as a historian and statistician, you say, oh, gee, there was a cataclysmic event, Uh, except there was none. They just padded the death numbers.
3: You lead, you two are really smart.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean you're so informed. I we hear a lot of people on the radio. We just like to stay informed. I mean
3: you are really up on the data and stuff. A lot of people are here. They don't seem to know anywhere near what
2: they need.
1: No. You know, it's it is sad that most people do not pay attention outside of their little box in their lives.
3: But uh, a lot of these so called talk show hosts don't know as much
1: as you do. No, well that, that's what i always find amazing i'm like excuse me you make millions of dollars sitting up there in front of your cameras you went to so, supposedly these you know highfalutin schools where journalism was you know the the epitome of your your ideals and and you don't have the i don't know if it i would say the honor to research things? Where's your personal sense of honor to make sure that what you are putting out into the public sphere is accurate? To make sure that you out there, corporate media, including locally, by the way, I mean, the, the idiocy and the, what do you, it's beyond idiocy. It's really um, not stupidity even. Just, they're not educated. They don't bother to find out the information. They are ignorant. How can you do that? When you are responsible for educating the masses, how can you remain uneducated yourself?
3: Even a few of the conservatives
1: mm-hmm. don't
3: know anywhere near as much as you do. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much, Tim. And, we uh, appreciate it.
3: And the information I have gotten, it doesn't take much research. No, it doesn't. It isn't like I spend hours and hours
1: doing it. Mm -mm. Not like the old days before the Internet where you had to get on the phone with someone to get someone else's phone number in a department so you could get the inside scoop on what's really going on. And maybe they might send you a copy of something. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't even have a computer. I I just read a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, perfect. There you go. And I listen to you. Oh, thank you. And I'm sure you listen to Eddie Aragon, too. Rock and talk every week. Yeah,
3: you do a really good job. Eddie does a good job.
1: Yeah. And th- this, unfortunately, this radio station, I wish there were more stations like this across our state. Really, really do. Um, <clears throat> we, we have a, a Liberty and Losers section of our show that we like to do where we go over, you know, some of the disappointments and some of the highlights of businesses. And one of the main ones, main disappointments has been Cumulus Media. I mean, <sighs> Cumulus, uh, they're, they're going beyond just mandating the vaccine it's it's to the point where they, they basically own people's livelihood and I found out this week that cumulus likes to do these contracts where they include non-compete clauses for their talent mm-hmm. the so the talent that actually goes on air has a non-compete clause in most of their contracts unless they were smart enough to have a lawyer look at it and argue that out of the contract before they signed it. But if even if they get fired, not quit, not just walk away, even if they get fired by Cumulus Media, they cannot work for a competing radio station within 50 miles for six months. Yeah.
3: Maybe we could change that through gerrymandering. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there, there's, there would be a good (laughs) way to (laughs) (laughs) cherry That that would be great. Yeah, and I'm sure the clause covers, you know, 50 miles broadcasted, which, for some of the national talent that gets broadcasted in almost every single state, it puts you out of a job, out of a job for six months, and who can afford that, really? So. Cumulus basically owns their talent and they're twisting their arms, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's that's a major disappointment. But thank you so much for calling in, Tim. Thank you for being informed, for reading, and for looking around and about you and not being stuck inside your little bubble. Um, more people need to do that. More people I, need to look out. I know six of
2: like this.
1: Oh, wow.
3: Six. I've studied geography since I was four years old. Getting books and magazines from around the world in various
1: languages. Yeah, geography is. I think people underestimate how important knowing geography is.
3: Well, you learn all the cultures. We can learn from other people.
1: Well, and also, if you don't know geography, you have no way to start understanding how the international marketplace works and international politics, and how all of that just blends together. I mean, it's all connected. And unfortunately so many people just don't realize how uh, yeah, that little those three little words made in China on so many things that we that we well, buy that are for sale, they, they don't understand that. how that really affects us and the globe. <clears throat> and we, yeah. You know,
2: they just
3: they believe we should buy nothing from them.
1: No, I agree. Unfortunately it's so hard to find places that but, don't you
3: for the very outstanding jobs you do.
1: Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you so much for being a great listener. And you have a great day, sir. Yeah, have a great day, too, please. Stay free.
2: Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, Remember, 505-266-1600 to join the conversation in the Kiva. We love our callers. We love our listeners. And we really love it when you call in and join the conversation with us. So, you know, we're, we're very blessed that that we have this sphere of influence here that we have this voice and that we can share it with you all because you know this this station's here for you this radio show is here for you and honestly all we're doing is we're just saying the things that y'all have been thinking it's not new it's not rocket science it's not brilliant this is just the way that america is the way americans think the way our freedom works and it's being taken over it's being usurped by authority that doesn't have the authority to take it from us but unfortunately a lot of people out there don't feel like they can speak up and don't feel like they can say this maybe they've got a job in the balance maybe they've got a degree in the balance and man, universities who universities are just I mean, like, like we said, we we traveled through multiple states that were free. And what we would hear almost every time from talking to people in these states is, oh, yeah, except for, you know, the, the university, just don't go on campus. Because they're locked down so tight and they're really, you know, wearing their masks and worried about vac status, et cetera. And it's so sad to see how much of our educational system has been taken over and has become propaganda. So, 505 266 1600. Girls, welcome to call into the Kiva. And let's go ahead and go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with the Liberty Lovers. Who do we have?
4: Uh, this is the
5: other Tim Loss from Valencia County.
1: Tim, hey. how's it going, sir? All
5: doing pretty good. Um, anyway, I meant to ask you, where's the other girl that used to be on there?
1: Oh, Rebecca? Um, she's moved on to other opportunities actually a few months ago. So, you know, while oh, okay. we you know, while we miss some of her contributions here on the show, we don't begrudge her other opportunities. So, oh, okay. so that's why we switched to Liberty Lovers. And luckily I have a great co host oh, here yeah, in my he, hubby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> top of the line. He's I like
2: him. Oh thanks. I like you too.
1: <laughs> well and, and what uh, oh, most nice. people what most people don't realize is he's been my fact checker since the beginning. If I well, say if I step wrong on a fact or something on the radio, uh, he <laughs> corrects me pretty quickly. Well, i tell you, so
5: far there's been no errors, so he's uh, doing a pretty good job.
1: Thank uh, you, Tim. Appreciate it. What have you got for us today, well, okay,
5: sir? These disgruntled Democrats now, mm. that are struggling with their party. I can remember thirty-some uh, years ago in my younger days. I was at a party, and we were up there drinking and smoking dope and everything. And they were Democrats, and I was I was Republican even back then. I was a Republican since I was five, ten. But anyway, I told them, I said, you know, in a few years, I don't know, 20 years, whatever, y'all ain't going to matter, because mm-hmm. they don't need you yep. eventually. They're going to do away. They're going to toss you, because they're going to replace you. And who they're going to replace you with is all these people going to be coming across the border. And they're going to tell you Hit the road. Bye-bye, Miss America Pie. We don't need you. That's what's going on right now in the Democratic Party. I saw this coming years ago, and I still see these same Democrats, and they just can't figure out. I said, I done told you 25, 30 years ago this was going to (laughs) happen. And you mean nothing. You've served their usefulness to them, and you're done. Bye. I believe the term, uh, who was it coined
1: by, useful idiots? Was that Marx? Or no, no, it was another one who coined the term. I forget who.
5: That's the point that they're at now. (laughs) Yeah. And they they can't figure out what to do. And they're disgruntled. And I said, look, I told you back in 92 or 91 that the communists took your party over at Mm -hmm. the Democratic convention of 68. And you can't get it through your head. You don't want to accept it. You are under the communist rule and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And eventually your whole country is going to be that way. Yeah. And, and uh, that's just the way it is. I said, and it's Bob said it perfect. It's all over now, baby blue. And, and, and that yeah. pretty much tells the way mm. the situation ran. Um, China is going to roll into Taiwan. The light mm. bulb head in the yeah. White House is going to do nothing about it. It'll be useless. And they're, they're also probably eventually down the road. They're going to take hawaii because hawaii yeah. is
1: a big thing there you know it is speaking of taiwan it is just criminal how mainstream corporate media has ignored the taiwan situation um, oh, they, they
5: exactly <laughs> that is this. the
1: biggest red flag i mean we are staring down the barrel of potentially a world war here
5: what, what, what happened in afghanistan yeah same thing's going to happen in taiwan and down the road same thing's going to happen in hawaii and and that's just the way it is i mean the china's the big dog and we made him that way we gave him most favored trade status, most favored trade nation status mm-hmm. back when clinton was in office And we, we give them the GATT treaty and the GATA and the was before all that. that And we get all these treaties and now China is the big dog and there ain't nothing we can do about it.
1: And right now too, China's kind of in a corner because their economy sucks right now. Uh, They're desperate. That's
5: when they're more dangerous. Yes. They still have a 200 million man army. Their Navy is mm-hmm. rapidly catching up to our Navy. And they got this supersonic hypersonic missile that we don't have.
1: And they still have a mentality. They have an old world mentality of conquering.
5: Right. Exactly. And That's the difference people don't understand. Well, if you know your
1: history, you know that anytime a country Got into kind of like a financial economic bind, right? And had an economic downturn. What would they do? They, they conquer another country they and they take their, their stuff. That's
5: yeah, how it is. And the thing is, people understand the difference between Putin and China is like day and night.
2: Mm-hmm. Putin
5: is a dictator in his little region. Yes. Putin just wants a buffer between the West and him. Right. Putin has no intentions on world domination. China, on the other hand. Is a different animal. They, their, their goals are world domination, mm-hmm. and uh, we got major problems. Putin does not have the military. China does.
1: Yeah, did, Ru- Russia has gotten to the point where it's really more de- a defensive communist regime. Right, and anyone who's like, "Oh, they're not communist anymore," I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if they. Yeah, you know, I don't know.
5: They, it's hard to say. I, Russia I, has allowed.
1: Yeah, they're as not they as communist. That's a good way of putting it. Russia has allowed a certain amount. Of capitalism and eh, controlled market, I controlled free well, market, which is an oxymoron, but still they, go back they the needed need it to William survive.
5: Brezhnev, okay, or the one before him, Khrushchev. Now I those know, were yes. Stalin; those were your hardline <clears throat> communists. Very much um, so. And
2: Putin they did not care. An
5: Putin is more of a nationalist. His his allegiance is not to the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, his allegiance is to Mother Russia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
5: his also, his church is the Orthodox Church. Right, um, the which the, the old Turkey.
1: communists you know, would never withstand. They, they could not stand having the Orthodox Church. Right. They, don't, they, no, like don't, the they whole, tried to execute it out of, <laughs> he's out a of
5: different existence. Kinda, he's a different breed. <laughs> but China, on the other hand, they are a main, I mean, Chairman Mao wants strength comes from the barrel of a gun. Yep. Our vice president, who is her hero?
2: Hmm.
5: He yep. asked her if she would be a leader. She said she hmm. would be a Maoist. So that tells you what you've got.
1: Oh, yeah. And then you look at our governess, our tiny tyrant here in New Mexico.
5: she's a Maoist.
1: Yep. And she's had pictures and, uh, you know, handshakes and traveled, um, you know, Chinese dignitaries as well. So... No, unfortunately, China. China did learn enough, I think, to go about their conquering in a slightly different manner. Instead of just using force, they have used they have brought economic force to bear. They've used um, technology, right? And I mean, pretty much, I China essentially owns the back doors to what is it last I heard from a. Computer analyst, at least two thirds of the world's computers. See, and this well, is this is I, another I
5: thing. Got, I believe they've already conquered our west coast.
1: Yeah. Well, this oh, is yeah, this they, is another they, danger. They
5: can that, take our west coast anytime they
0: want. Yeah. Well, and here's here's another danger that we face with China. You know, obviously the, the physical locations, the the <clears> um, the geography is very important. But when we start looking at the finances. Right now, and this is according to thebalance.com, um, and this this update was done just December thirtieth. the The debt owed by the U.S. the second highest debt is to China. Now, the highest mm-hmm. is to Japan, but mm-hmm. China is is pretty close second. Now, th- they're leveraging us. The, yeah. Well, they're leveraging us, but if they go after Taiwan and Hong Kong, we have debts owed to those countries as well. They'll take those debts, and then they will become the number one um, holder of our debt. Exactly. exactly. So this is this isn't just this isn't really. It's not just a matter of hey, you know what? This is a foreign matter. We should stay out of it. Just let them handle it. Mm-hmm. It, it it really is much more dangerous than that. It, well, it, there's, there's much trailer. more importance on that. And then well, of course those you those areas.
2: Up,
5: and you and you look at the light bulb in the White House. This guy <laughs> does not have a prayer. Yeah, the light bulb that won't yeah. light up. Yeah, yeah, he uh, protecting well, his country. He, he don't know what he's doing. Well, China we somehow really crushed with this guy in there.
1: I, I'm convinced that China somehow has usurped uh, Australia. I mean, you, you look at That's what, what so the, you look at what they've just done. They've just imposed their their northern territory, just imposed a China like lockdown of all unvaccinated citizens, claiming they are at greater risk of catching. Covid, which i say <clears throat> science deniers um yeah just just look at actual well, statistics people the
5: rulers in australia i think they are basically chai com puppets
1: yeah they're they're, well.
5: and they are of the house of israel if you read the bible read about the house of israel that that's australia new zealand canada america united kingdom mm-hmm. and read what happens to the the house of Israel, not the nation of Israel, but the house of Israel, and it ain't pretty.
1: Well, and and unfortunately, I don't think anyone years ago would have thought that Australia, one of the supposed free countries of the world, would fall like this. And I do remember reading, I think the majority of their vaccines come from China. I think so too, yeah. Uh,
5: They have huge
1: business dealings with China.
5: Oh yeah, China controls them. China controls that whole part of the world—New Zealand, Australia, all that—they they control it, and they're going to take Hawaii down the road
2: mm, yeah.
5: sometime after they roll Taiwan up. And <laughs> don't forget the little shoe polish head up there in North Korea. At the same time, he may roll into South Korea.
1: Oh yeah, there—we've
5: we only got thirty-eight thousand personnel there. Mm. You know, I would be more concerned about that than I would be with Russia and Putin and Russia and Ukraine. I don't leave, lose a lot of sleep because Burisma, we had that whole Burisma thing in Ukraine. Ukraine is corrupt. Anyway, uh, but yeah. I wouldn't lose a lot of sleep over Ukraine. But China causes me to lose a lot of sleep.
1: Yeah, definitely does. Anyway, and unfortunately, unfortunately we're good. funding them here. So, well, thank you so much, Tim. Always oh, always great, always great to talk to you. You too, sir. bye Great. We love our uh, long-term listeners out there, and Tim is one of those who calls in almost every week without fail. By the way, uh, I hope you all had a great holiday season. This was one of those weird years that comes around every seven or so years where all the holidays land on a Saturday. Which, you know, kids never, especially schools, they never know what to think about that. It's cool that it's on a Saturday, but at the same time, we get chipped out of an extra long weekend. Yeah, I know. When I
0: was a kid, uh, whenever the holiday landed on Saturday, I always felt let down. I'm like, you know, oh,
1: man. why can't it be on
0: Friday? That's perfect. Put it on Friday or Monday, even better. Put it on yeah. Monday. You know, but that way it's an extra long weekend.
1: Yeah, but with both Christmas and New Year's Day falling on Saturdays, uh, we hope that you all enjoyed if you tuned in to our constitution class recap where we basically took it from I think it was just the 14th amendment through the 18th amendment um, just kind of gave you all a, a recap of the last several amendments that we have been going through here on the show I th- honestly thought that I'd fit more amendments in to that but by the time I got you know I worked backwards and by the time I got to the beginning of the 14th amendment I realized well crikey I've got three hours of content Already, so yeah. In, in the future, if we have to be gone, I might do that more. Give a few more recaps of the Constitution. Some and some people have been asking if I would post just the Constitution classes, and we actually do have a Rumble account. I just haven't had the time to uh, add more content to it, so I might put the Constitution classes on the Rumble account. Um, it's amazing how many people don't really know what our Constitution means, and <clears throat> It, I will admit, sometimes it's challenging reading through it and studying it. And honestly, sometimes I go to other sources for other takes on and interpretations on the Constitution and what our founding fathers may have may have meant for it, uh, including you know, even, even some of the judicial interpretations. I don't always agree with them, but it's, it's really been really an interesting process. And having to share it with you all pushes us. To study it more in depth and especially with the times that we're having right now, oh, yeah, it has been apropos. Yeah, so I've, I've really, I know I've been really enjoying delving into it. So, yes, I will get some stuff up and let you all know um, when you can go to our Rumble account and see or listen to that stuff because it's. I think it's necessary. It, actually, my own eleven-year-old daughter was asking me the other day, "Hey, mom, can I get your, your your show on on my MP3 player so I can listen to the Constitution classes?" <laughs> so I guess I guess if our kids are asking for it. We got to do it now.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, we we sure do.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely, and we're going to continue with that. We've uh, I for, I forget how many um, total amendments we are. I think it's over 25. Yeah, it's 27. So we have 27 total amendments. That we've got eight amendments left to go. And wow, that, that I can't believe that we're almost almost to the end of the constitution class. But don't worry, we're gonna have a lot of other stuff to talk about as well and go over. I'm kinda eyeing the Federalist papers these days. Oh that'll be fun. Oh yeah, that's oh man, that's some deep stuff deep stuff right there. We want to bring this back kind of locally a little bit, um, give you kind of the lowdown of what's been going on here in New Mexico. And I I find this one kind of interesting. So this is from the conservative New Mexican. It was around the end of December. Uh, As weight-related comorbidities tip the scales on COVID deaths. And remember the last time that we were here in December, we talked about how it was discovered that being obese, being overweight, it's a big issue for people who have COVID. Uh, Yeah, somehow the, the, uh, the, the COVID virus really likes fat cells. And the more fat cells that you have, the more likely the virus is to get your body to produce a cytokine storm and inflammation. Well, okay, so so that hasn't gone unnoticed here in New Mexico, yeah. So uh, a triple-vaxed state representative calls out what she calls "COVID idiots" to get the jab. So she's putting her own spin on this, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't go to you know a dentist who has bad teeth or elect a school board member who's never had children in school. <clears throat> so I really question this. Uh, why should we listen to a politician? who wants to legislate what medical treatments were forced to receive when said politician is also overweight. And we're not just talking a little bit, people. And I found, oh, Jaber found out this morning what she's a physical therapist. Yeah, physical therapist. This is Liz Thompson, New Mexico House representative. Yes, she's a representative. Hmm. And she would like to make it so that Everyone gets the vax. And 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 she's she's blaming the covidiots, as she calls them, for basically the increase in COVID cases and deaths, particularly among the obese. Really? Yeah.
0: You know, and it's interesting when I see her picture, it I always think of Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs. <laughs> the Buffalo <laughs> Bell. There's, there's a quote in there. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Once you see a picture of Liz Thompson here, but this is, this is a lady who, who clearly does not make good decisions when it comes to diet. Um, she, you know, this is not someone that I would look at and say, Oh, you know what? That person's healthy. I need to do what they're doing. Um, because that is certainly not the case
1: so so how is it that someone who is not obviously not making healthy choices herself can take it upon herself to advocate for laws that force the rest of us especially the healthy ones to get vaccinated really really hypocrisy much so yeah, of the uh, from the article <clears throat> of the 5774 deaths reported in the most recent New Mexico Department of Health epidemiology report, 75% had one or more underlying health problems. 51% had two or more. And of those, 76.3% out of that 75% of the deaths were weight related including hypertension diabetes cardiovascular disease obesity and liver disease just to name a few okay so out of the 507 or 5774 deaths 76.3% of those deaths were weight related now again correlation may not necessarily be causal Uh, meaning also vitamin D deficiency, is also highly correlated to weight-related comorbidities associated with COVID deaths. But the data itself is a revelation about the power of projection. So, yeah, this state legislator, physical therapist by trade, yeah, ironic. Somehow she missed the data on the COVID deaths. Hmm. Okay, well, okay, if she has, then she just needs to be educated, needs to be told about it, right? Well, it's more likely that she's not really advocating government-mandated calorie restrictions for the same reason that Black Lives Matter doesn't actually advocate funding the police. Yeah. So so if she's really worried about people dying from COVID-19 or Wuhan flyers or Kung Flui, you know, take your pick, if she's really worried about that, then shouldn't she be worried that most of the people dying have some type of obesity issue, if not more than one, and therefore shouldn't she also be trying to mandate diets? Hmm? One would think. And, um, you yeah, especially, oh yeah, the uh, insurance companies too. I mean, insurance companies take a look at how obese you are. Now they're not allowed to discriminate against you if you are obese because, you know, you can't discriminate against people for their medical disabilities or medical conditions. Oh, unless you're unvaccinated. How dare you? You're a COVIDian. How dare you be unvaxxed, unclean, part of the great unwashed segment of society? Okay, now we can fire you. Now we can deny you any subsistence or success in the economic social forum of the United States. Yeah, you know, I love
0: how um, there's people out there,
1: that say, Oh,
0: well, if you don't want to get the vaccine, you have a choice. Okay. Well, what's my choice? Not work. Oh, okay. Not a very good one. Okay. Um, get tested every week. Yeah. I don't want uh, things shoved up my nose every week. <laughs> I, I don't like people messing with my nose. It's a thing I have. It. Hmm, yeah. Um, or, you know, and, and if I want insurance, um, I can have insurance, but I just have to pay more <laughs> if I'm unbacked. Now, those, uh, you know, that's insane. You know, to try and sell those as choices when all you gotta do is just do what the government says and get vexed.
2: Then you can go on
0: shot. with
1: your life. Yeah, no, we, we actually came across some, some relatives of ours who went ahead and did that. And this is even in one of the freer states. They, and, and here was their thing. They wanted to be able to go to work and not wear a mask. Know anyone like that? Maybe you are someone like that. Oh, guess what? Now they have to wear masks again. And oh, they are so upset about that. So upset, so much so that they're like, "Well, you're not getting any boosters." Well, and there are a lot of people out there who actually trusted. Said, well, and, and
0: and I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but you know, we're among the people that, that have been have been saying from the very beginning. Look, if you think that the government's going to tell you, obey this, and, and, and we'll all be fine, and then, hmm. then you can go back to your normal lives. If you really think that's the end goal, if you really think that's going to happen, you're not using your head. You're not using the brain that God gave you. Because that's just not how this works. You don't get pushed under somebody's thumb.
1: You don't give up your life and your
0: control. And become a slave to somebody only to have them turn around and say, you know what, by the goodness of my heart, you're now free. Mm-hmm. Go go, be on your merry way and do your own thing.
1: If that means choosing your manner of death, so be it. Yeah. And, and if Liz Thompson was really concerned about the health of New Mexicans, don't you think she would acknowledge that there are as many people dying right now with 75% of the state fully vaccinated as they were in December of 2020, when 0% of the population was vaccinated. And huh. and,
0: and it's funny, and I've mentioned this before too. I, I don't understand what happened. There's, there's, a, there's a group of people, there were certain people out there that would argue with me that, oh, the planet's overpopulated. We have too many people here. Where are those people now? No, I'm not I'm not advocating death for people. Are you but th- you know Asia? what the thing is, we are all going to die at some point. That yes. is the reality.
1: No and one has lived forever yet.
0: No one has lived forever.
1: We all have
0: a number and there's there's a time when our number's up. And that's just that's just the reality. Whether you like it or not, that's reality, babe. Now Suddenly, these same people who would argue with me that we have too many people. You can't have a big family. There's too many people on the planet.
1: Suddenly, these are the same people that are saying
0: you got to get vaccinated to save everybody.
1: Yeah, save lives. Like, wait, I, I thought you would be happy about this. Oh, and oh, God forbid you point that out to them. I thought you'd be happy about this. I thought you thought there were too many people on the planet. How dare you? What do you mean, how dare I? I don't hold that view. You're the one who espoused that view to me, not just a few years ago. I'm just calling out
0: your hypocrisy, dummy.
1: Yeah, exactly. But no, we can't do that because that doesn't fit the narrative right now. And and I know everyone's all over the buzz about the Vax mandates, Vax mandates, but we cannot forget the damage that mask mandates are still Doing, they're still unlawful. They should still be illegal, and they are damaging people. Um, some a few facts
0: about face
1: masks that yes have been proven. People, oxygen deprivation, and CO two poisoning. Yeah, you know, hypercapnia and hypoxia. I've been talking about this for over a year. They are real things, and if you remember back when they first tried mandating masks. Uh, almost immediately, people started saying, well, what about hypercapnia? What about hypoxia? And the CDC tried saying, oh, yeah, that, that really isn't a concern. Oh, huh, really, because it was it, the, the CDC, I believe even OSHA, still have some things up about the dangers of overusage of masks in, in certain work environments that can produce hypoxia or hypercapnia. Yeah, OSHA themselves include warnings because that's part of educating people about proper usage of personal protective equipment. Well, children require more oxygen than adults as their lungs are smaller and weaker and and reducing their oxygen intake can cause irreversible damage to the brain, heart and lungs. And after just one minute for a child, CO2 levels are 25 times higher than the accepted tolerance levels. Symptoms may include dizziness, anxiety, tiredness, and reduced performance. Um, I wonder if there's any correlation between kids wearing masks for well over a year and a half and how badly our students are doing in school in New Mexico right now.
0: You know, I got a question for you, Natalie. Where, where, where do bacteria tend to grow? What kind of environment do bacteria? What do what, what they like? What do you think?
1: Uh, they like moist environments.
0: Moist and warm environments.
1: Mm, moist and warm. Where would you find that? You think? Oh,
0: behind the mask mm-hmm. on your face right in front of your nose and mouth, going into your lungs.
1: And by the way, this is not a new argument. And I don't mean new by, you know, as of you know, last year when mask mandates happened and people tried telling us, oh, you're just making that argument because you, you don't want to be inconvenienced. No, actually this argument has been made for decades. Because there have been actual scientists and doctors who have argued against the efficacy of masks in surgical rooms. In fact, there have been studies done between surgeries done with protective equipment, including masks, and surgeries without the masks. And there's been determined to be almost no difference between using masks during surgery and not using masks. So, again, that doesn't come from us. This has been done for decades this has been argued for decades 505-266-1600 to join the conversation in the kiva caller you are on with liberty nat and jaybird who do we have
4: good afternoon everyone this is dave Dave. dictionary
1: dave good to hear you happy new year sir happy
4: new year to you can you hear me without the reverb
1: yes actually we we can hear you loud and clear today
4: Okay, really good. So, note to your listeners that want to call in, take your phone off the speaker.
1: Yes, yeah. Speaker phone, unfortunately, wreaks havoc when you call into the station.
4: Yeah, I found that out the hard way earlier this week. <laughs>
1: what have you got for us today, Dave?
4: Well, I got a couple of things that probably didn't get heard properly because of the reverb. <laughs> and one is about the right to refuse a medical device or product.
1: Yes.
4: And we can find that under United States Code 21, oh, subsection 360, bravo, 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 3, uh, subsections in, in sequence, bravo, echo, 1, alpha, double India, 3. And it states in there, each one has its own limitation. Mm-hmm. The option to refuse administration of the product of the consequences, if any, of refusing administration of the product, and of the alternatives to the product that are available, and of their benefits and risks. This supersedes anything that one of the uh, local governor, Minnelli, and anybody else
1: it's may law. try to
4: mandate. Yep.
1: Yeah. It it is law. It is inherent in our medical rights. Uh, In fact, anyone who, and I know, I love it that Dave, you give us the place to go, the source to go, and the U.S. Code. And if you could email me a link to that, I would love to put that up in our show notes so people can see it themselves. Um, But one thing that people might be a little more familiar with is Patient's Bill of Rights. It puts it kind of in more layman's terms for you all. But the way the Patient Bill of Rights puts it is that you have the right as a patient to refuse at any time any medical intervention or any medical advice and still expect and deserve to receive medical attention for any other needs or treatments or conditions that you may have. Meaning just because you refuse one vaccine, one drug, one recommended surgery or medical intervention. And by the way, I have done this. I've done this several times. You still have the right to get full treatment otherwise. They cannot discriminate you against you because you decide, no, I don't want that in my body. No, I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want anyone to do that to my body and and here's the other thing too Uh, you also have the right to know the immediate and long term not just financial but health implications of treatment choices insofar as they are known you have the right to make decisions about the plan of care prior to and during course of treatment and refuse a recommended treatment or plan of care to the extent you know permitted and to be informed of the medical consequences of the action in fact, I think that's number six, I believe. But yeah, he, you have the right to do that and still get treated. And what's happening right now for uh, some people who say need a, what was it, liver transplants?
0: Yeah, not just liver, but yeah, that's one that's- They're
1: effective. getting refused because they're not vaccinated. And what was it, Jay Bird? There was a ridiculous case where uh, they were, someone was refused to transplant because the donor was not vaccinated
0: right yeah i'll have to look up the case we talked about it some time ago but yeah and i if i remember right it's a little fuzzy but i think it was in ohio um there there was a a patient waiting for i think it was a liver transplant and uh or maybe it was kidney but they were being refused because no, they were vaccinated their family was vaccinated but they were being refused because the donor was not vaccinated
1: yeah it, it was it was ridiculous <clears throat> and, and being refused on any uh, on these medical grounds being discriminated it really is a case of egregious medical discrimination and anyone who has to deal right now with physicians or a hospital you just all you really need to say is um excuse me I claim my patient's bill of rights. And if you as a provider don't know what my rights are as a patient, well, and I don't want you as my doctor anymore because I have the right to, you know, what is it the left loves to say? My body, my choice. Huh? Have we really thrown that out the window? Oh man, I love using that one. They hate it. They hate it when we use that. And I think I'm going to put that up on our van. My body, My choice. I like that. Along with, uh, you know, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, my body, my choice. Now, let's go, Brandon. If you do that, we can't go into
0: Canada, right?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Canada (laughs) will ban us. Uh, It's okay. I'm not planning on going across the border anyway, because, you know, Canada, especially right now. Email address. Oh, yes. LibertyNAT at at ProtonMail.com. And liberty Nat, and anyone can email us, liberty Nat at protonmail.com. And Jay Bird, what's yours? Uh,
0: no hole cheating at protonmail.com. And that's N O P O L L C H E A T I N G. So it's just like it sounds, no poll cheating. At protonmail.com.
1: Yes, those are our addies. You can go ahead and just you know send anything to us, interesting, and sometimes honestly, we pull some of our material off things that people email us or send us. It, it it's, I
4: just send that to you.
1: So yeah, if, if you send if you send me that link, because I love being able to go to the source in the law, in the code, and finding, yep, there it is, there it is. That that's the law. That's actually the law. And man, so many people just don't get mandates, vax mandates, mask mandates, not the law.
0: Yeah, so the this, law
1: is the law.
0: So the transplant thing was in Ohio. Uh, and this is off of Newsweek. Um, mm. But October 12th by uh, Khalida Rahman. Um, Life saving kidney transplant canceled because donor is unvaccinated. And the recipient was—he was not given the option to go forward with uh, a life-saving procedure. Wow. Uh, he was not even given the option. Basically, he was told by the hospital, "You know what? The government knows better than you do about your health, so <laughs> we're going to follow their recommendations, and we're not giving you a choice." And they canceled the no. Th- of course, that's that's my hyper- hyperbole. They didn't—they didn't come out and say that, but that's that's their uh, their rationale there, but. He, the, the recipient was never given the opportunity to go forward with it. As far as I know, i have not hurt that they just, that they, they changed course on that. They just refused it, canceled the, the transplant because oh, the donor. Oh,
1: my goodness. My goodness. You know, the more that I'm looking at this patient's bill of rights here, Dave, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking that after the constitution, we might have to go line by line on the patient's bill of rights because it's based, it, it's a reduction you know, so so lay people can understand it, but it is based on actual law, both constitutional rights and um, other laws, you know, civil rights law and, and ADAA, that stuff. But this one here, number 13 in the Patient's Bill of Rights, I think is the one that specifically pertains to what the the part of the U.S. Code that you called in about, which is the patient has the right to consent to or to decline To participate in proposed research studies or human experimentation affecting care and treatment or requiring direct patient involvement and to have those studies fully explained prior to consent. A patient who declines to participate in research or experimentation is entitled to the most effective care that the hospital can otherwise provide. And this especially pertains to what we're going through now considering that these so-called vaccines these mrna gene therapies are actually still considered medical experiments they're not fully approved and oh yeah pfizer and moderna are still dithering on releasing the information from the trials still it it it's
4: 75 years
1: Yeah. Well, and then the way they want to do it, I I found out about that. The way in which they want to hold us off for 75 years from actually finding out the truth about what went on in the trials is they only wanted to release 500 pages per month of, uh, yeah, the the FDA has requested 500 pages per month of the Pfizer COVID-19 Earn COVID 19 data, which that would actually take 75 years to get all of the data out to the public. Now, thankfully, the court actually ordered them no, you actually have to release 55,000 pages per month. <laughs> and it's still going to take a while to get it all out of there. But we wanted to only release 500 pages per month. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, hold us off for 75 years. And I'm sure they would choose which 500 pages to release at a time. And they probably didn't even need to be in consecutive order. So yeah, that, that, that's just part of it. But that flies right in the face of number 13 in the patient's bill of rights, which is um, we have the right to have the studies and information fully explained prior to consenting to being part of the medical or human experimentation. We're all, we're all, this is a human experiment. This is on a grand scale, global scale. We're being forced to be live lab rats. That's what's going on right now. And who's, you know, holding the bag of tricks? Oh, the pharmaceutical companies. Who's making the profits while they're experimenting? I mean, I don't know in history if there's ever been a case where uh, a medical drug company, pharmaceutical company has made a profit off of the experimentation the trial process of a new drug while it's still in the trial process while they're still experimenting on people usually they pay people to be part of human experiments right but no you well, are talking about bear during the 1940s oh yeah that's true that's true so, okay, so there, there is a little bit, but not on, not on this global scale, that's for sure. So, yeah, they're, they're making huge, huge bucks, while unfortunately those who are consenting to be jabbed are essentially lab rats. And you're paying for it. Uh, no, don't tell me. Don't try to tell me, people, that, oh, no, but it's free. No, your tax dollars are paying for it. Oh, yeah, and then there's the inflation, too. So you're doubly paying for it. Yeah, it's a racket. And somehow, I will give hats off to the pharmaceutical company. They've got one of the most successful fleecing rackets going right now. Most successful in history. Oh, I, the, the, the amount of money that they're raking in right now, whew, it's obscene. Very much so. Yeah. Well, anything else for us today, Dave, before we let you go? Yeah,
4: I've got one more thing. Mm. As a uh, college text, I picked up on a sale recently and started reading into it. And the title is, Backgrounds of Conflict, Ideas and Forms in World Politics. Author, Kurt London, by the Macmillan Company in 1947.
1: And what was and the author's name again, Kirk. Kirk? Say again? What was the author's name again, Kurt or Kirk?
4: Kurt, K-U-R-T.
1: Okay. And last name?
4: London, like the town.
1: London. Okay. Kurt London.
4: Macmillan Company,
1: 1947.
4: Ooh. Yeah. And it's got all kinds of stuff about the, uh, the politics, totalitarianism, fascism in Italy, national socialism and fascism in Germany, The conflict in Pitchy France covers the uh, Bolshevik Revolution and their failures.
1: So in other words, everything our kids aren't getting in college these days?
4: Uh, Knowing firsthand that they're being told uh, opinions (laughs) to the 10th degree, (laughs) they're not getting any idea what actually happened in history, especially I ended up taking a young lady to task. She thought she knew all about Watergate, Nixon, <laughs> the 70s, and all that stuff. I'm like, no, you're entirely wrong. She's like, no, I'm not. I wrote a paper and got pay on it. And I'm like, okay, here's the difference. I lived the period. I yeah. saw it firsthand.
1: Live and through was, it, and you can find the receipts, too. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> it's rather fascinating book. I've never choose to get too deep into it. In the introduction, it... Basically it's almost like a synopsis of the whole book and it goes into some pretty good detail as I flip through the different sections.
1: Well, I will have to keep an eye out for that one. You know, there's a few old books. on We're still, by the way, trying to keep an eye out for the the blue book, by the way. So am I. Yeah, still keeping an ear to the ground. If If we hear of a copy, for sale, uh, we'll try to snap it up for you.
0: Yeah, I did talk to a friend of mine who has an hmm. old bookstore, and he said he, he knows about the book, but he said he hasn't seen a copy in
1: a, long a lot time. of years.
0: But he's gonna he's looking for me, so um, yes. keeping our ear to the ground on that one.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Dave. Staying close to those dictionaries for us. We really, really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, protect those, man. Those are gold. <laughs> those are gold. So I've, got the, I've
4: picked up a couple of lawyers' cabinets to make sure that they don't get dusty and all that. Oh, got good. Some of them organized by age, relevance, and <laughs> bottom shelf is both I will probably never open.
1: It's a tough job, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. So Literally, someone has to... Help preserve um, knowledge, definitions, history. And unfortunately, we're starting to reach the point where I think government is going to be destroying a lot of the physical evidence. Hopefully might, not, but we'll see. We might have
0: to change your name to The Archivist.
1: <laughs> but it doesn't have the same it doesn't roll off the tongue the same i like dictionary Dave.
0: well that's good but the archivist sounds like a
1: superhero to me. <laughs> well thank you so much dave appreciate it you have a great day sir
2: thank you you too
1: remember 505-266-1600 to join the conversation in the kiva let's go on to another caller here we, we've got him rolling in today the caller you're on the line with john ja, jaybird and liberty nat who do we have on the line Hi, this is Rose. Hey Rose. How's it going today?
6: Good. Good. Listen, I was wondering, can anybody report into VERS, or just, just medical? Anybody. Uh, medical. Anybody. No, anybody can.
1: can. Uh, okay. the VAERS site, just be prepared that if you want to make a report, you might want to talk to a provider about the best way to make the report because it is a little bit complex. It's one of the reasons um, and even the health, the health department of the U.S. acknowledges that the VAERS data set is only one to at most 10 percent representative of all the reporting uh, of all the numbers in the U.S. And most providers don't report there because it, it's time consuming. But no, anybody can do it. Anybody. If you're a relative, if uh, you're the victim yourself of an adverse event, you can voluntarily report it.
6: Do they ask for personal information or just the general issue?
1: That I'm not certain. I mean, I've read a few of the reports myself. I I haven't ever seen names. I have seen regions, states, um, cities. It might, because it's a voluntary reporting system, when we give it a look, see, I think it's up to you how much personal information you provide.
0: Well, I'm looking at it right now. I've got it pulled up here. Oh, good. no. report an oh, adverse event right. to VAERS. Um Let's see here. <clears throat> so what um, What it does say is, is um, healthcare providers, they're required by law to report to Fairs, So they, they should be doing that. Um, and then the requirements, says so there, there's a separate section, Various reporting requirements for COVID-19 vaccines. Um, as of October 29th, 2021, there are three vaccines available to protect against COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Of course, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. And the reporting requirements are the same as those authorized under the emergency use or fully approved healthcare providers who administer COVID-19 vaccines, meaning they're required by law. Um, so let's see here.
1: Now I don't know if you're if you're not a provider. I don't know if the standards are different. Obviously, certain information has to be provided so that they can confirm, um, or if they want to follow up on it, or if any mm-hmm. any of the other um, medical fields want to follow up on them. So I, I would just encourage you to go on and take a look. And especially if you're filing for yourself, obviously, you know, you want to hold as much of your information private. I'm pretty sure they don't require your social.
0: Well, here's what they do require, um, because there is a checklist. And there's two ways, first of all, print or online. Mm-hmm. And online has to be done in one sitting. So what mm-hmm. you're going to need to fill out, and this is according to the various website, what you need to do, the information you need to, need to fill out the report is uh, patient information, which um, is your age, date of birth, uh, sex. Uh, Vaccine information, the brand and dosage, date, time, and location administered, date and time when adverse event or events started, symptoms and outcome of the adverse event events, medical tests of laboratory results uh, if applicable, and physicians contact information if applicable. So. that's some of the information that is going to be required. So it does ask for uh, personal information there. Now, when it's reported, I believe it's just all aggregate. In other words, they scrub all your personal information, mm-hmm. put it together yeah, without cause... your personal information, but you do have to enter that um, into the system as part of the report.
1: Yeah. All of the reports that I have seen do not include any personal information that, that are as available to the public. Mm-hmm. Okay. because
6: so, yeah. i had a friend who her husband after getting the second shot had convulsions, and the doctor you know and, you know went to the emergency room was admitted in the hospital and she asked the doctor because there's nothing else that would point to why he had these seizures mm-hmm. and um and the doctor said, Oh, no, no, it's not related to the shot. Because that was the only thing she could think of, because that was something he had recently had within right. like a week timeframe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he denied it. Um, but the nurse came over to her afterwards and said, I heard what he said. I think it is a reaction mm-hmm. to the COVID shot.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting because healthcare providers, and this is on the VARS side as well, they're actually required by law to report to VERS if there's any adverse event as listed in the vares table of reportable events following vaccination that occurs within the specified time period after vaccination and for covid-19 um it's 14 days i believe
0: but again if the mm-hmm. doctor says it's not oh, related oh it's not
1: it's not related he doesn't
0: have to report anything if yeah. he says it's not related he's mm-hmm. not required to report it
1: technically and that's
0: that's the problem there
1: yeah and they're strongly encouraged to report to vares any adverse event that occurs after the administration of a vaccine licensed in the United States, whether it is or is not clear that a vaccine caused the adverse event. So um, they're supposed to report any adverse event if it's within that initial time window of, you know, initially being vaccinated. And if this was just, you said it was just a few days after you received the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was within, a, I
6: believe, a one-week time frame.
1: Yeah, and, and I think for COVID, it's uh, 14 days, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I'll have to look that up. But yeah, so he his providers should have reported that. And some providers, unfortunately, are less conscientious than others, and they're not reporting. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I suspect that there is some kind of incentive or disincentivization going on Mm -hmm. for providers reporting this and also it could just be simply that well if they report this and discourage people from getting the vaccines then they don't get the kickbacks from the manufacturers or from the pharmaceutical companies that they would normally get for giving and administering the vaccine and what are the kickbacks oh yeah government subsidies Mm -hmm. Now, what was, what,
0: what was the time frame again when he started having seizures? Uh,
6: I believe it was within um, seven to ten days.
0: Okay, so what I'm thinking is the doctor here, and, and I can't, I'm not, I can't speak for the doctor, but my guess would be um, his justification in saying it had nothing to do with that is because there. Uh, remember, you're not fully vaccinated until 14 days yeah. after you've had the vaccine. So
1: it gives doctors this wiggle room, this out, because until fourteen days after your vaccine, the C D C does not consider you fully vaccinated. And they're using that to exclude
6: that's fully vaccinated versus a reaction to the vaccination.
1: Exactly. But it's this weird it creates this weird little grey area where they can kind of slide on through. Well I hope that helps if they're
6: waiting Till the 14 days, and they're saying, oh, well, it's beyond the 14 days, so therefore then it does apply. So right. it seems to be a catch-22 type of rule. Well,
1: I would I would go to um, and have your friend go to vaers, V-A-E-R-S, dot H-H-S, dot gov, and, um, you know, click on report events, report an adverse event, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and take a look at that because, yeah, we need more people to speak up. We need more people to report this. It we, nobody knows what's going on unless people speak up and we just can't trust that the media is going to speak up for us. But I hope that exactly. answers your question, Rose. Yes, mm-hmm.
6: Thank you. Could you please um, just repeat the
1: website once again? Sure, it's theirs. That's V A E R S dot H-H-S dot gov. Great. Thank, then, you and, uh, thank you both. Thank you, Bird, for looking that up, and
6: appreciate all that you guys are doing.
0: No worries. So one more, one more thing too before you go. And this is, sure. I hate to be a pessimist about this, but you know what? Um, in my experience with um, the medical community, um, this it's definitely a possibility. I, I don't want to discourage your friends to report. I, I absolutely believe that they should report this, but they need to be prepared to receive a letter in the mail saying this doctor. Will no longer see um, your friend's husband um, or whoever the patient is, because that that's that's a distinct possibility. Because it will, um, once the doctor's name is on there, um, it will get
1: back to the doctor.
0: It, it will come back to the mm. doctor. Now, I'm not I, again. It's not to discourage anybody. Again, this this does Just need be to be prepared. reported. But that's
1: something that Honestly, that may happen. Yeah, I would say if the doctor dismissed out of hand without any further scrutiny or diagnostics, that oh no, this wasn't related to the vaccine at all. I think it's a pretty good guess that uh, your friend doesn't need to see that doctor anymore. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and I think it was just the, the hospital
2: mm-hmm.
6: um, um, a primary a hospital versus visit. their individual primary. <clears throat>
2: oh, good okay okay well that, that okay. explains a lot right there right <laughs>
1: thank you so much for your call rose you have a great day thank you uh, too, thanks. bye 505 266 1600 here in the kiva 1600 am uh, for you to join the conversation uh caller you are on the line with the liberty lovers who do we have
7: uh, david olson david brent olson aka <laughs> david olson 333 Anywhere on the so internet, you uh, You you're discussing liberty-related items, as uh, per the title of your program, and I've heard you discuss discuss various
2: rights-oriented
7: mm-hmm. issues, uh, uh, civil rights, and uh, uh, de- and deduced from civil rights are are uh, another subset of that is the patients' rights, mm, yep. medical rights. You've been discussing that, and uh, today happens to be the uh, birthday of my daughter Paisley. And I want to commemorate that by discussing some other liberties and rights and rights violations briefly. And uh, let me, first of all, say that uh, approximately 2011 in the state of New Mexico, I won a unanimous decision, three-judge panel decision in my favor at the New Mexico Court of Appeals, uh, defeating Judge M. Monica Zamora, who had, uh, by virtue of that uh, uh, unanimous uh, appeals judgment, been deemed to have illegally trafficked my children, uh, uh, my son David and my daughter Paisley, and that New Mexico Court of Appeals reversed Judge M. Monica Zamora, uh, saying that she had illegally uh, uh, trafficked my children,
2: mm-hmm. and
7: they remanded it back to the to Judge John J. Romero Jr. Um, at the at the Children's Court in Albuquerque. Uh, with the orders to Judge John J. Romero Jr. to take appropriate action uh, after the reversal of the uh, illegal adoption of my children. And uh, to this date, I have still never had zero contact with my children, Paisley and David, ever again, even after a unanimous win at the New Mexico Court of Appeals. And further, uh, Judge John J. Romero Jr. took zero uh, judicial action uh, upon receiving that remand to his court, nothing was done on my case whatsoever. Even after the order said uh, take appropriate uh, action, this uh, this the previous judge was reversed. M. Monica Zamora, and uh, let me add one, one more thing to that. To that, uh, while I'm on what the, what the what Roderick Kennedy, uh, Wexler Bustamante and Kennedy, Roderick Kennedy writing, Roderick Kennedy wrote that Judge M. Monica Zamora, not only did you uh, uh, misapply the burden of proof, in other words, uh, the burden of proof was on the opposing party and Judge uh, Monica uh, Zamora uh, judicially acted uh, as if the burden of proof was on my side. So they said, Zamora, you applied the burden of proof backwards Mm -hmm. and here's the kicker, even Judge M. Monica Zamora, had you applied the burden correctly, which you did not, uh, the uh, complaining party did not prove their case. Sure. Monica Zamora. So uh, let me uh, commemorate my daughter Paisley's birthday after I said goodbye to her on July 2nd of 2007, not knowing I would never see her again and I've never seen her again. Mm-hmm. So let me commemorate her birthday in that manner under the category of liberty and rights. Thank you.
1: Thank you, David. Thank you. Um, I, don't re- I don't think I know of anyone who has fought in the courts so hard and so consistently other than Shokila Dave. And it really is it's a heartbreaking situation, but I'm really glad that he shares this on the air with us to remind people how tenuous our freedoms are. And that, unfortunately, when the government, when corruption decides to usurp our freedoms, it ruins lives. It can ruin lives. It's like you said, you've never seen your children again. And it's despicable that, like you said, you won this appeals decision and no one has enforced it.
7: Yeah, not not even my own. I had to. I, I forced the state of new mexico to provide an attorney for me Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact judge uh m monica zamora uh uh i said to judge zamora in the courtroom on the record you must appoint an attorney for me and she looked at me with a scowl on her face (laughs) and leaned forward in her chair and said in a in a harsh tone oh no we don't and i picked up the law and i read the law to her and she shut her mouth and she turned to her assistant and told her assistant to appoint me an attorney. Now, that attorney was was uh, on the job when I said that Judge John J. Romero Jr. failed to yield to the order of uh, the, the New Mexico Court of Appeals, uh Wexler, Bustamante and Kennedy ordered Romero to take appropriate action. Not only did uh Romero not take what I would argue is appropriate action, Romero took zero action whatsoever, and my court appointed attorney did not argue my case. Oh not my only gosh. did he not do it zealously, he did not argue my case at no. all.
1: Ugh. And uh, can, now, can you sue the judge who was supposed to enforce uh, the, the appeals decision from 2011? Can you sue him at all? Do you have, as a citizen, any recourse to get him to enforce that decision?
7: Well, there there is recourse. However, a judge would probably not be able to be sanctioned by being mm, sued unless yeah. the judge had committed a crime. That's true. Um, and, but if the judge did not commit a crime, simply an abuse of discretion, uh, that kind of thing, then they could likely could not be sanctioned by suing them for monetary damages. The wow. state of New Mexico uh, may be liable. For monetary damages, but the judge personally is probably pr- protected with the qualified immunity.
1: Wow! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's such a tangled mess. As uh, so we've reminded our listeners, um, especially parents, please jealously guard your parental rights right now, and be aware of what's coming. Um, you know, unfortunately. Dave, you are, you are an example of the groundwork that has already been laid in this state to, and we believe it's coming soon, to revoke parental rights. And Unless anyone out there think, well, that's just a one-off, that's just one case. No, it starts that way. It starts with, well, we're just not going to uphold the law here. Well, we're just not going to uphold this decision there. Well, this is just an exception. Well, if there's an exception in justice at any point in time, that one exception can eventually be used to strip those rights from the entire population. And that's why justice yeah. is supposed to be blind.
7: And they've, they've already stripped parental rights in, in an a la carte manner. I, I believe mm-hmm. uh, the law surrounding an underage girl getting an, abor- an abortion yep. without the consent of the parents is a stripping, a de facto it is. Uh, stripping hmm. of parental rights.
1: Yeah, that's um, one and of the things we're afraid that they're a, going to use that a, for the vaccine max mandates.
7: That uh, when you agree to allow your child to go to a public school, that while the child is in school, Uh, That the school is allowed to act in the role of the parent uh, uh, in meaning exercising Mm -hmm. rights, which would be normally reserved for the parent to do what they think is best for the child, whether it's beat them or get them an abortion or whatever it may be. There is some sort of clause or doctrine and somebody with a uh, I'd have to research it again, but I have seen that. But uh, in law, you may know what that doctrine is. Yeah I've
1: heard of it. I've heard of it um, back when it was first enacted, and there there was a, there was a lot of outcry, especially among conservatives and Christians about it, because the idea that a minor could go through essentially a medical surgical procedure without any consent or notification of their parents. and then that yeah. the school could essentially sign off on it in lieu of their parents' signature and keep it from the parents. That, that caused a ruckus back, you know, back in the day when that was first enacted. And unfortunately it's been allowed to stand. And I think that's one of the things, one of the precedents that they're gonna use to try to mandate vaccines in schools, even against parental consent. Then it's not yeah. far beyond that um, for that spreads from public schools to charter, to private, and then it's, it will be used. It, if this is if this is put into action, it will be used even against home educated. It will. Yeah. So we are we are perilously close in this state to losing our parental rights over our children, and right, the and groundwork the, is the groundwork's already been laid.
7: The abortion example, uh, actually flies in uh, direct contrast to the old uh, 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 issue where a school nurse was not allowed to administer an aspirin or a Tylenol Mm
2: -hmm. or whatever
7: without parental consent. However, they can send the child to an abortion doctor to have an abortion without parental consent.
1: Exactly. It's not by any means a fair application, and it's an exception that... Will it's already opened the floodgates for other violations of parental rights. And the, the idea yeah. here is that, well, um, the parent knows what's best for the child, but there's an exception. No, if you make one exception, there's gonna be more. And we're, we're seeing it happen. California's already, well, Governor Newsom, I think, already last month or end of November said, oh yeah, school kids. Five and up need to be, need to be vaccinated, the, the public school kids. I think New York has tried to do something similar, at least New York City, I think, has, if not the entire state of New York. So, no, nope, it's coming. Well, thank you, David, yeah. for sharing that with us. Yeah, one, one
7: last example, since hmm. you're on the, the subject of the schools, I re- remember another case, and I can't cite my source right off the top of the head, but there was a case where there was at least one child with uh, gender issues where the parents were sending them to school in clothing uh, uh, according to whatever gender that child was born. And when the child got to school, the school was providing that child with clothing of the opposite gender uh, so that it could be hidden from the parents.
1: What? Wow. I wonder if they were clothing all the other kids that didn't have enough clothes or decent clothes at all. Or if it was just, you know, that one.
7: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, unless there was a political agenda attached to providing clothing to all of the other students, then probably not.
1: Probably not. No, because as we all know, a political agenda and narrative trumps necessities, actual necessities. Well, hey, that's what our governess believes. That's why she decided to decide which businesses and which medical procedures were essential and everything else had to be placed on hold for a year. Yeah. So, yeah that's, that's what happens, people, when government thinks they know better than you do. Thank you so much, Killer, for calling in and sharing yeah. that with us today. So, you
0: know, I want to talk about something here real quick that I, mm-hmm. I discovered here. We, You know, you mentioned New York and you mentioned Our tyrant um, up in Santa Fe. Uh, It's pretty bad when the Democrat governor of New York seems to have uh, more, well, I guess better, better reasoning than than our own governor. And this is an article that I found here on um, on Epic Times here, but January eighth, two thousand twenty-two, Zachary Staber wrote the article. Almost half of New York COVID nineteen hospitalizations not due to COVID (laughs) nineteen. So as it turns out, their their uh, governor um, interim right now, Kathy uh, Hochul, uh, she's a Democrat. She wants full term in office. She actually told the press in a conference that um, the actual the the number of patients in the hospital. Is not it's not the real number. And this is what she said. She said patients are and quote, patients are actually being treated for COVID nineteen versus merely having the disease. Um it's half as many. So what she's saying is there are people in the hospital for reasons other than COVID nineteen, and the number of COVID nineteen cases in a hospital are not accurate.
2: Yeah. And I thought that was really
0: just I, I, I found that really interesting that a Democrat governor in New York is finally, finally speaking some truth and finally admitting. And and she says, uh, quote, about 50 percent are admitted with COVID and 50 percent admitted for COVID. And, and well, I'm sorry, that was Dr. Uh, Steve Corwin, who's the CEO of New York Presbyterian Hospital that that said that. So they're, they're, the numbers are finally coming out. And see, this is, this is why we are fighting so hard, because we get, we get the information out there and there's only so far that the lies will carry them. At some point, they have to admit, okay, you know what? This is, this is what's really going on. Because they know they're going to lose their, their voting base. Because not everyone that votes Democrat is a complete and bumbling idiot. <laughs> now
1: very true. I'm,
0: I'm I'm a conservative and I vote Republican because it it, it seems to it, it fits better with my conservative values.
1: Yeah we but, don't always completely agree with all the Republican candidates, but. Right. It's again, uh, we've used the analogy, uh, we'd rather vote for the person who's fumbling with the fire extinguisher while the house is on fire, rather than the person who's holding the blowtorch trying to burn the whole thing down.
0: Right. So we're seeing, I mean, we're, we're seeing some changes here, uh, stuff going in the right direction. Of course, you know, we're still seeing things going in the wrong direction here. But, um, you know, even in New York, which is very strange given um, the fact that they have been trying to pass uh, a bill that would allow the government to deem you um,
1: a threat, a basically. criminal, yeah, yeah, a threat,
0: and lock you up if you if you have COVID, and if they deem that you have COVID, you're infectious. Um, mm-hmm. They have the ability to lock you up. This is a bill that they've been pushing for actually a few years now, and. Um, Last I checked, it hadn't gotten through. But no, they it's, keep they keep tabling it each year. They they present it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they and I guess the hope is that every year at some point it's mm-hmm. going to be a, an attrition thing where finally the legislature is going to say, "All right, you know what? If if we give you this, will you go away?" Kind of thing. I think that's yeah. what they're expecting. They they're keep trying.
1: For. They never give up. And speaking of a uh, poten- potentially being imprisoned to being a a COVID-19 threat. Well, um, apparently one Houston mother took things into her own hands with her own child at a testing center. Yeah, a Houston mother was charged after stuffing her COVID-positive 13-year-old son into the trunk of her car to prevent herself from getting exposed to the virus. Now, thankfully... She, I think she was arrested. They issued a warrant for her, uh, 42-year-old. She was at a COVID testing site on January 3rd when officials learned her teen child was in the trunk of her car. By the way, this is on Gateway Pundit. I'll definitely include this in the notes. It's, it's wild. So according to the charging documents, she put her child in the trunk to prevent herself from being exposed to COVID, to which I say, how selfish can you get as a parent? Thankfully, she's facing child endangerment charges. Oh my gosh, Yeah, it was her son. And fortunately the officials at the site, the testing site found out she had her teenage son in the car, he'd already tested positive. She wanted a test and they refused to test her until the child was removed from the trunk of the vehicle and placed in the back seat. Now the witness there also called the police shortly thereafter. And when she returned, she did find the 13-year-old to be in the back seat. And thank goodness for surveillance footage, in this case, they they corroborated the moment when the child, who was reportedly unharmed, got out of the trunk and got in the passenger side back seat of the car. So in other words, it's all on video. Wow. Um, Okay. I I think that's our loser for the day, for sure. I mean, there's the, uh, it was a close, it was a close tie. I'll tell you what, this one as a parent personally, just angered me so much to hear that. Who stuffs their child in the trunk of a car? Because you're afraid you might get the sniffles. Seriously now? You live in the same house. Oh my gosh. I, I'm afraid to even think, what is the home situation for this child? Well, this is, and is he locked in the basement?
0: You know, this is, and this is something that I think is so key here that, that is not really being talked about here. I mean, so much of the physical uh, aspects of this thing is, is hitting what some consider news outlets and then, you know, th- you know, uh, places that consider themselves news, but really are nothing more than propaganda. But it's all all physical aspects that are being reported on. But there's not a whole lot of talk about the psychological aspect, and I think that's really important because this right this right here this demonstrates the importance of that. This woman was afraid of her own child, and in fact, so afraid she was willing to kill her child. Because let's face it, or at least child- endanger them. Well, okay. At the very least, in danger. But you put your child in the trunk. That's not safe. In the can middle of yet.
1: winter, and even if it is in Texas, it is still the middle of winter. Still, yeah. It, can can anyone say that it's safe to put your child in the trunk of your car? Really?
0: No. No one. No. No one can say that that's a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's not safe. It's 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 evil. But this is that's that's my point here is that. The, the psychological damage that's been done to many Americans as a result of, oh, if you get this, you're going to die. So you better just make sure you don't get it. The and, if, and to make sure you don't get it, you got to wear the mask. Porn. You got to stay home. You got to, got to get the jab. And you got to, on, on top of that, you got to make sure everybody in your house follows those same guidelines. Shun your to
1: family home. if they're if they're positive, or if they won't get the vax. Yeah. Well, so so that I think was our top loser of the day. Um, The the close runner-up, and this is a huge, huge disappointment to me, because I've grown up listening to uh, a lot of their content and reading and enjoying a lot of their content. Focus on the family is now imposing a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on their staff. And needless to say, staff and donors are dismayed. Yeah. So their president right now, Jim Daly, emailed staff members on January 3rd to say that the company must request and receive each worker's vaccination status by January 9th. Oh yeah, fun fact. Uh, January 9th, uh, the when Sandy Laboratories pushed back Their deadline. So, Sunday, tomorrow, their deadline for employees to get vaccinated. They only pushed it back by like five days. It was ridiculous. So, focus on the family apparently, for some odd reason, is following suit. And they want all of their workers' vaccination status in by January 9th. Now, the President daily cited the emergency temporary status implemented by the Department of Labor's. OSHA, which applies to every business with a hundred or more workers. It's been paused by the courts, suspended by OSHA, but an appeals court panel in mid-December said the mandate could move forward and it was then reinstated. So businesses have been alerted by OSHA that enforcement of the mandate will begin on January 10th. And the Supreme Court is set to hear arguments for and against the mandate. Well, actually, that started yesterday, January 7th, though they haven't actually issued a stay on the order yet. So I just find it really disheartening and disturbing that focus on the family decided, okay, even though the Supreme Court is still hearing this, we're going to go ahead and try to comply. Um, big, big disappointment. I, I don't know why they're not fighting this they and a lot of people even the author of this article said you know i don't understand why they're not vocally and publicly fighting against the mandate and saying that the government doesn't own our bodies and as a christian organization we believe god owns our bodies and that we're free people we're not beholden to do every terrible thing the government wants us to do that's from from one employee at the epoch times um this, this is this is just Ugh.
0: well this this really is disheartening but at the same time it's not surprising because you know given Jim Daly's history mm, um, when when he took took control of uh, focus on the family they started scaling back um, in other words they stopped so much of a focus on politics and that
1: affects the family yeah,
0: yeah. and and tried to pull away from that and, mm. and and you know my guess is the guys just, scared i guess you know there there are certain people that you know that are born to fight and will, and fight, will fight to the very, to the very end. end and then there are certain people that are born that that just do what they're told and you can knock them down and they'll stay down and i think jim daly is one of those guys where you could just knock him down and you know what he's not going to get back up because no. he doesn't have the constitution to deal with conflict but hmm. you know this is it, it's really sad it's it's pathetic uh, there's any number of adjectives you can attach to this, but, but I mean, he's even quoted, and this is his quote: "Jesus did not go after Caesar much." End quote. I mean, this is this is Jim <laughs> Daly. Oh this gosh. is the guy
2: oh my gosh. that's
0: making people get the jab to work and focus on the family. So it really is no surprise that he's that he's he's bowing down to the government. Um, this is not a surprise.
1: Yeah. Well, my third runner-up, I suppose, of losers today was um, a company I actually used to work for, Citigroup. Citigroup has announced that they will terminate unvaccinated workers by January 31st. They're going to be the first major Wall Street institution to enforce the vax mandate by terminating non-compliant workers they remind in fact they reminded employees in a memo sent Friday about its policy first disclosed in October that they must be fully vaccinated as a condition of employment gee am i glad that i don't work there anymore so am they are I. the third biggest us bank by assets major major player in fixed income markets and they have had the most aggressive vaccine policy among wall street firms and you know what? Their rivals, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Goldman Sachs, they've so far stopped short of terminating unvaccinated employees. They're still pushing it, but they're not threatening to fire people just yet. So, yeah, uh, Citigroup, City um, hmm, I don't know. I, I'm seriously considering any, uh, canceling any cards or accounts that I have with you guys right now because uh, this is unconscionable. You're following in the footsteps of tyranny and you are probably gonna reap the consequences thereof.
0: Well I wonder what their uh, profits have been for the last couple of quarters. I wonder if if that has mm. played into it or if they just really are that scared. Um,
1: well, I don't know. They, they might just be giving in to the leftist crowd because here's the thing everybody. So so the people that were the companies that corporations that we're naming here, It is really important that you complain to them. Focus on the family, city group, and then earlier I mentioned cumulus as well. It is really important that you complain to them and say, hey, we don't like it that you are stepping on our constitutional rights. We don't like it. And I was telling this, talking to someone about this. You know, every time you go into a restaurant, I know you don't like seeing employees in masks. Have you thought about asking? them to send their manager out and complain to them about that say hey i appreciate that you're not you know bothering us about mask wearing when we come into your restaurant but i really don't appreciate the way you're treating your employees you are trampling on their rights to decide for their own bodies what medical interventions they will agree to more people need to complain On behalf of employees, and I know we have a big contingent in Albuquerque, well, bigger than it used to be, but they're small and they're very loud. That has been complaining up the wazoo to Sandia National Laboratories for their treatment of all of their federal and contracted employees.
0: You know, something that I don't understand um, you know, when I think about being a business owner, if I had Several employees. If I had 100 employees, if I had thousand employees, fifteen thousand employees, didn't doesn't really matter. I I guess for me, I'm really wondering why nobody's trying to hedge their bets. And and what I mean by that is why are they trying to get rid of unvaccinated and keeping the vaccinated? Mm -hmm. Because when when you start looking at the numbers, there's there's obvious. It's very obvious that there's something going on with this quote unquote vaccine that is harming people. So let's say you get rid of all the unvaccinated. And let's, let's just say maybe, uh, we'll just guess 20% of the injuries that are occurred by the vaccine is is the the big number. Let's say it settles at 20%. Well, you've just lost 20% of your workforce due to these injuries. How many businesses can absorb that? How many businesses can survive if they lose 20% of their workforce?
1: And they' volu- that's the thing. They're voluntarily firing or pushing at least 20%, if not more, of their workforce out. How uh, look at the airlines. Remember when, it, especially was it Houston? bunch of flights got canceled because a bunch of pilots were like, no, nope, vaccine, not for me. I'm going to go take my sick days now. And they didn't have enough pilots to staff all the flights. It actually affected the entire country.
0: Well, no. How do you how do you fill those positions then? How do you get people to come in and work for you mm. when you're telling everybody, hey, if you don't get this vaccine, you're going to die? You're you're fear mongering. How do you get people to overcome that fear and come work for you? If you're telling them, look, you're you you're, you're going to die if you don't have this and you can't work for me. I mean, how, how do you how do you really get people to, to say, oh, you know, I want to work for that company? Um, how do you get them to overcome that fear and actually come out of their house and join the human race again?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's the fear mongering has gone on. For so long, I think that there are some people who it's it's now just part of their programming. They have been programmed. They're going to wear the mask no matter what. They're going to stay away from people no matter what. And they're going to just kind of do as they are told. And that's unfortunately the problem right now is too many people are willing to just do as they're told instead of question And look at the science. And by the way, the science shows that those who are not only fully vaccinated, but also have had their booster shots are four times as likely to get, oh, let's see, what's that newest name they use? Oh, yeah, the Omicron variant. The triple vaccinated more than four times as likely to test positive for Omicron than unvaccinated. And this is according to a new ONS data set. Yeah, from uh, dailyskeptic.org. I will, of course, include that in the notes as well. Yeah, the study, the, the science, the observation, and the recordings of such observations are already out there. The vaccine doesn't even work at an astounding percentage. I can't say it doesn't work completely yet. But there's an astounding percentage of people for whom it doesn't work. And we're forcing people, companies are forcing employees to get this. Why? Again, back to medical rights, patient's bill of rights. You have the right to refuse any medical intervention. You have the right to say no to being part of human experimentation. Everyone has that right. And just because you're an employer who wants to try to avoid getting on the government's bad side doesn't mean that you get to change the law. Every company out there, Cumulus, Focus on the Family, Citigroup, uh, Sandia National Laboratory, Los Alamos National Laboratory, doesn't matter. You are not supposed to break the law. And yet, Joe Bonehead has basically said, Oh, okay, it's okay companies for you to break the law as long as you're upholding some vax mandate.
0: Do it cause I tell you to do
1: it cause I tell you to, regardless of the fact that Supreme Court's saying, uh, not sure you can do that. Uh not sure OSHA has the authority to say that companies have to do that. Yeah. Ignore all that. Just do as you are told, regardless of the fact that it's violating your rights and it's breaking the actual law.
0: Well, you know, and earlier we had mentioned, or I had mentioned, um, you know, Connecticut, the East Coast, insurance companies, um, particularly the life insurance companies. Um, according to this, the, there's an article here on American Thinker from January 4th, written by Professor X. Cool dude, <laughs> cool dude. Um, and and it goes on. Uh, A recent shocking report in American Thinker suggests that life insurance payouts are considerably worse than executives expected.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So
0: one example. For Prudential and many of you know, Prudential, it's a big one. They've had a massive 87 percent increase in death benefits paid comparing <laughs> the third quarter of 2020 to the third quarter of 2021.
2: Ooh, boy!
0: So think about and this is just one. There's there, there's multiple examples here that Professor X um, provides here. But think about that. What does that mean for for just, you know, for for just a minute? 87 percent. So 2020 death benefits when COVID was running rampant and killing everything in sight. Okay, And then third quarter of 2021, same same time, just a year later, when we have vaccines, quote unquote, death benefits have had to been paid out it's increased by 87% in a year's time when we now have a vaccine that's supposed to
1: <clears throat> decrease that
0: decrease that yeah but instead it hasn't just gone the opposite direction it it's 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 massively gone the other direction
1: yeah and and people are literally ignoring the science on this i have to wonder how much longer can the insurance companies last while doing business like this. Uh, um, by the way, not, not just the, the insurance companies too. Oh, let's bring it back locally. Yeah, Mayor Keller, he sent an email out to the fire department city employees. Yeah, he says, while well, we appreciate the way our employees have stepped up to keep each other and our city safe by making it as easy as possible to get vaccinated. Coming this month, federal and state decisions will require all city employees to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. This is the next step we're being required to take. Gee, thanks, Mayor Killer. You can't even take responsibility for the decision. You're blaming it on, oh, yeah, federal and state. And, um yeah, so all city employees in Albuquerque will be required to be fully vaccinated. Hmm. Regardless of the fact that you're four times as likely to test positive for Omicron, regardless of the fact that there are so many deaths and adverse events reported just to VARES alone.
0: Yeah, so if if you're a city employee, make sure you have life insurance. You might not want to go with Prudential because 87%, that's a big hit. Yeah. Um I don't um, know how that company is going and to And you might actually that, want
1: to check with your life insurance policy and see if they'll even pay out on death or long-term disability if you took an experimental medical drug, which by the way, the vaccine also counts as. Because some people are already getting denied Life insurance payouts oh, because they took something that wasn't actually approved or tested. And insurance companies, by the way, are really, really trying to shy away from having to explain this. You usually cannot find it in their fine print in any documents you might have. You have to call them. You really have to call them and, and make them tell you for certain will you cover me or not? If I take this vaccine and I have an adverse event or die from it. Will you pay out my insurance benefits? Make them tell you, please, before you take it at the very, very least. But yeah, if you're city employees of Albuquerque, I'm sorry. My heart goes out to you because yes, our mayor has decided he is going to violate your rights, your medical rights, your right to choose what to put in your body, It's not your body, your choice anymore, according to Mayor Keller. But hey, isn't that what you voted for last year, Albuquerque? Yeah, when he supposedly won by that 56% handily. Oh, Hmm. yeah. Might be looking a little different right now. Yeah, I think we might be hearing from a few people who uh, regret casting those votes.
0: Well, I don't don't think 60% of the city voted for him. No, Just I know, because play.
1: over 66% voted against his stadium. Yeah. yeah, the
0: one platform he had was a stadium. Clearly, the city didn't want that.
1: No, not at all. And, uh, yeah, we're still trying to look into that. Um, still getting nowhere with the county clerk. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, we're trying to work now through the secretary of state and still looking into it. Always ask questions. Always question things. But, yeah, there you go. Bringing it full circle. Yes, our mayor is still a loser sorry folks yeah real we quick to too, change it
0: going back to pfizer here just uh, we don't have a lot of time here but um you know uh early december uh, i heard that this the the pfizer was buying uh, a company called arena
1: oh yeah um m-
0: most people wouldn't know what arena does i mean it's it's not a huge name but they do research on anti or uh, in- in- immunoinflammatory diseases, and conditions. Mm. Um, they look at people's hearts. And Not just
1: looking at their hearts, but specifically.
0: <clears throat> specifically, inflammation mm-hmm. of the heart. So, you know, I mean, my paranoid brain is like, you no, know, why would Pfizer do that? Because it was a $6.7 billion acquisition.
2: Ooh.
0: Um we have all heard uh, about one of the effects of the, this vaccine. One
1: of the main effects, one of the most widespread ones. Is what? In- what no. is it? Inflammation of the heart, myocarditis, pericarditis, cardiovascular um, conditions, including blood clotting issues. Hmm. And now Pfizer has not just invested in, they've outright bought. A research company that specializes in this. So
0: now the question I'm asking is: Pfizer responsible, or at least partly responsible, for the increase in myocarditis? And now, are they going to sell you a drug to fix a problem that they created?
1: Which has had oh, you know, that's never happened before, never happened. has yeah, it? That's, yeah, that just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. They're nice people, man. Yeah, anyone who's been skeptical about big pharma or been against a lot of big pharma shenanigans, you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, they're good at covering up the mistakes from one drug with yet another drug. They do it all the time, and they're doing it yet again on even a grander scale. It Again, criminal, should be criminal. Are we going to get anywhere with that, though? Yeah. Doesn't look like it at all. Well, thank you folks so much for tuning in and listening to us. Again, Happy New Year. It's so good to be back. Remember that you have rights. You have God-given freedom. The government cannot take that away. So stay free, Albuquerque, and just say no to tyranny. Stay free. We'll see you next week. So very kind, just like a dragonfly.
2: I fly above the trees, over the seas, and on the grease.